all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. I'll open the show like I opened yesterday's show. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. The Brewers had a great April, but a dud in October. They fall 5-2. They are swept in the wild card round by the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are currently on the field celebrating. They have departed from their clubhouse celebrations. Greg Matzik's going to join us in just a little bit. He's gathering audio from downstairs. I'm Dominic Catronio. Plenty of time to react to all this. We'll be with you until we feel it's time to stop. I mean, this is uh, the end of the year. This is the end of the line. It ended, obviously, a lot sooner than all of us anticipated. But I'm just going to open things up with some generic thoughts here before we start getting into some of the fan reaction here. Uh, line up in the in the calls. Stay patient. I want to get to everybody tonight. I really do, given this is our last live show of the season. Here's the number, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us here tonight, call in, text in. There's a lot of texts, so I apologize if I don't read yours. Uh, if you go over the line, I'm not going to read yours as well. I want to be fair. I want to be real. This is the end of the year, and obviously the optimism is gone. You've listened to me all season long. I've been an optimistic guy, but the season is over. So let's assess. Let's talk what went wrong, what went right, and everything that went down. And I, I think the first thing that jumps out to me in this two-game series, once again, is the offense. And that's the story. It's the offense. And we talked a lot about Burns yesterday, but then at the end of the day, they had only scored three runs in that game. And today we talked a lot about the fact of pinch hitters and opportunities and Freddie only going into the sixth inning, not finishing the sixth inning, and Abner Uribe hitting the backstop. But they only scored two runs. This was the fear. All year long, what's going on with the offense? Is there going to be enough offense? Mark Canna almost spoke it into existence on Monday at Media Day, saying, you need to slug to win in the postseason. The Brewers had three extra base hits in the postseason. The home run by Tyrone Taylor yesterday, the bloop double by Willie Adamas that I thought should have been ruled a single advance on the throw because the throw went to third. But nonetheless, it was a double for Willie. And then Yelly's double off the wall in left field in the ninth inning when the Brewers were down to their final strike. That's not enough slug to win in the postseason. Period. End of story. And I want to start by saying the Brewers made this clear. This was their goal. Sacrifice homers for ball in play. But at the end of the day, home runs win in the postseason. Now, including Philly and including Arizona tonight, in the last three postseasons, this year 22 and 21, teams are 52 and 8 when out homering their opponent in the postseason. They only hit one tonight, did the Diamondbacks, and it was a solo shot. But it still adds to the tally. Craig Council said it just a moment ago in the uh, postgame press conference the home run is the best play in baseball, and we didn't get enough of them. To me, that's the story. Not getting enough. The offense is the story. We can talk about the pitching. We can talk about decisions. we got plenty of time to react to all of that stuff. If you're going to text in, 
Leave your name, where you're, where you're texting from. If you're going to call in, let Matt know where you're texting, where you're calling from, what we're going to talk about. We're going to get to all you guys here as we roll on with the program. So let's have some fun here. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Let's sit back, relax, let's talk some baseball. Let's get to the phone lines now. Spencer, calling in all the way from Salt Lake City. You're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, man. Uh, how, you, how you doing? That was a... Uh... That was a tough loss. I'm here with my buddy Ryan, both from Milwaukee, living out here. But um, yeah, heart heartbreaking Brewers baseball, man. I uh, I, I kind of called Freddie getting 13 Ks today and us uh, lighting up Gallon, but obviously that didn't happen. I mean, runners in scoring position, left in scoring position is kind of the story of this series, really. But uh, just heartbreaking i mean absolutely deflating i haven't felt like this in years if i'm being honest with you and i mean it's it's honestly kind of more of a statement than a conversation topic but well if i can if i may spencer does it feel more deflating than past years because the expectations are so great that this felt like the team that could do it yes yeah i I would say and uh, i'm spencer's buddy and i'm here um, I'm, I'm from Green Bay, Wisconsin, born and raised, like 10 minutes from Lambeau. And I'll, I'll continue. But, like, for, for like we had the team, and we have the team this year. But what I'll say, and I'm not going to, like, compare it to, like, a three-game series. And, like, it's not what it's – not, it's not, like, a three-game series for that reason. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, 162 games to go into a three-game series is kind of BS, is what is what I'm saying. But at the same time, like the Brewers had not come out and they didn't have the grit. Like Zach Allen did have the grit, and like they came out and they were playing. They were playing, but like for it to go 162 games and the Brewers to have a 92 and 70 record. And for it to come to a three-game series is, like, not necessarily okay, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it hurts. I get it. it yeah, I get it. it. It it hurts. It stings. And I there's a phrase in baseball. It's so simple. It's so beautiful. You know, I, and I see a lot of the negativity towards, oh, I hate that it's a three-game series. Well, it's better than a wild-card singular game, right? Or, oh, they should all be five-game yeah. series. Or they all should be seven-game series. But it's just like, you know, there there is a route – to avoid a three-game yeah. series. And quite simply, that phrase goes like this. If you don't like it, play better. And that's how I feel about the Brewers' yeah. season right now. They got swept at home I by agree. the Oakland A's. Okay? That's that's three yeah. games yeah. that you need to win, period. So, Spencer, I really do appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in, my friend. I got a lot of other people here on the line that I got to get to as well. Randy and Caldonia, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Driving home from the game. And thinking about everything and thinking, well, before the season started, I didn't see this team winning 92 games. No way. And during this season, not enough clutch hitting to win a world championship. And making a plus, yeah, this sucks. And I think Woodruff going down was a huge uh, morale uh, right there. But in, in, you know, in really reality here, did I see them ever beating the Braves, who hit 140 more home runs than the Brewers did this year? 
Not really. I thought they would get past Arizona and maybe even give the Dodgers a run, but no way were they beating Atlanta, and, and it's just too bad. But they also did a lot of a lot of this season. They played with rookies and first year guys, and getting Contreras, who didn't play only DH last year. There's a lot of positives here. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I ninety two wins is something to be proud of, but obviously the finish is nothing to be proud of here. Uh, losing in a two game, so we appreciate the call there, Randy. And I, I don't disagree yeah. about the Braves. But that's why you play the games, right? Because you don't know for sure, right? That's why you play the games. I mean, shoot, nobody really thought the Diamondbacks had a chance against this team, against Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, even without Brandon Woodruff. But that's why you play the games, right? To, to see what's going to happen. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Stay patient with us tonight. I want to hear the fans tonight. This is your show tonight. I want to be real. I want to react. I want to chat with you guys. I really do appreciate everyone that's participating so far. Greg's downstairs getting audio from the clubhouse and getting audio from Craig Council that will play here on the show as well. Before I get back to the phones, I do got to pay the bills here real quick. I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings all year long. I mean, if you've listened the last couple of years, you know that this has been a new development for us. And I want to thank all of our partners all season long. They've been tremendous to work with. And honestly, Fifth Third Bank, what you guys have done for us here at WTMJ, thank you so much. Playoff season, unfortunately, it's over for the Brewers. Fifth, Fifth Third Bank, though, is still ready to deliver for you this October. They've got an expanded team of professionals entrenched in the community. They offer state-of-the-art banking ideas and solutions to help your businesses and organizations grow and succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third Milwaukee can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association member FDIC. Thank you to Fifth Third Bank for their partnership this season. Uh, let me just get to a few texts and we'll get back to the phone lines. Bad luck, bad hitting, and bad management. That one here in the 414. This one from the 715. Frustrating because you see the success all year long and it never seems to translate during the postseason the way you hope it does. This trend is getting more and more painful every year. Yeah, pain. That's that's life as a fan, man. Gosh, it hurts, man. It really, really hurts. This one, the Brewers just did not have the momentum needed for a successful postseason team. I feel badly for the loyal fans who had high hopes. And a terrible time to fail, team hoping for fan and state support. Ah. Eh. Politics or politics. I let the people in the suits decide that, even though I'm wearing a suit right now. Uh, a couple of other texts that roll in here. This one from Peter. What a disappointing end to yet another great regular season. The other shoe that's soon going to drop is that the Mets will soon be announcing Craig Counts will be the new manager to be reunited with David Stearns. Now, in case you're wondering, Craig did not announce anything in the post-game press conference today. Uh, we'll see what the timeline could be from that. I'll get to a few more texts here in just a moment. Let's get back to the phone lines. 855-616-1620. Matt from Watertown, you're back on the show. Welcome back on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom. Thanks for taking my call again. Uh, just, yes, sir. just frustrating watching how the at-bats changed. We started off working the counts and really making Gallon pile up the pitch count early. And then after that, we start swinging at early pitches, letting him off the hook. Uh, I really think that affected the way that the game was going. We had it in control. Um, on top of that, I had to see Jesse Winker for a second game in a row. Furious about that. And the last thing I'll throw at you, Corbin Burns for Pete Alonzo. Let's get it done. <laughs> a one-year rental. Let's see what happens for both of them. Wow, that'd be uh, one heck of a move. Now, David Stearns did say in his introductory press conference he expects Pete Alonzo to stay a Met next season. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but the Brewers, uh, on the, I'll touch the Winker thing briefly here at the start. I 
yeah, I, I have no answer for it. I'm confused. I'm annoyed. I don't get it. I think for an organization that we praise as being as smart as they are, they are a very, very, very smart organization. There are a lot of people way smarter than me in that front office. But if everybody in the ballpark, if 41,000 people are all going, what the heck, back-to-back nights, what the heck, right? That's all I can think about when it comes to Jesse Winker. Yeah. But he's not the reason the Brewers lost this game. He's certainly a factor to it. But I do appreciate your honesty there, Matt. And, uh, yeah, this is this is a sour, sour pill to swallow right now for the Brewers. Uh, the, the rookies are obviously a, a big story in this. Abner being one of them on the pitching side that in that big, fateful uh, sixth inning. And on the gallon front, uh, I thought the double play just changed the whole game. The double play in the third inning. Uh, in fact, the set, that Sal Freelich liner right back up the middle that Gallon knocked down with his glove and turned it into a double play. That was the last hard-hit ball of the night for the Brewers against Gallon. They did not hit another ball over 90 miles an hour against him for the rest of the night. And he made the adjustment. I tip my cap. That's what top five guys in Cy Young voting are going to do. And Sal, uh, Zach Allen pitched great. His nickname is The Milkman. And once again, The Milkman delivered for the Diamondbacks. Let me get to two more calls before we take our first breather of the night. Uh, again, we're going to be with you until we need to be with you. Uh, I, I'm not going to put a time on this one. I want to make this show for the fans tonight. Let's get to Levi, Levi in the car here. Levi, you are live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Don. Thanks for having me. Just want to preface by saying I yeah, I love the Brewers. I love Council. I love what he's done for the city. Um, but fact check me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've won a playoff series since 2018. Um, and with with Winker batting the last two nights, again, I love Council. I love what he's done for the city. I, I think he's proven himself as a, a not serious manager um, with what mm-hmm. the Brewers have been able to do since 2019. I hate to say it, um, again, love the guy, love the Brewers. It just, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Understood. I appreciate the honesty. Thanks for calling in. I think with, with Council, tonight was a few times tonight I, I was scratching my head. And if you've been listening all season long, you know I hate being armchair manager. But at the same time, in a playoff game like this, where in the last two games the margins were so slim, um, the decisions to me that jump out, are obviously Winker. We've touched on Winker. Uh, not pinch-hitting Sal Freelich, given they swear live and die by the platoons all season long. And you had Perkins, you had Miller to use if you wanted to bring in that right-handed advantage. Um, they decided to stick with Sal, who's going to be a, going to need to hit lefties at some point in his career. So if he's going to be an everyday player, he's going to need to hit lefties. But I, I wouldn't have been... Mad if he got pinch hit for in that situation, especially with Joey Weimer running at first base. I thought it would have been Joey in that situation to hit uh, and not Sal. But nonetheless, that was one. Uh, I thought of bringing in Abner on back-to-back days to put out the fire in the sixth. I wouldn't have minded McGill. Now, obviously, in the ninth inning, he struck out the side, but it was a three-run lead. I wouldn't have minded McGill in that situation, but... That's splitting hairs because there's no reason to not be confident with Abner Uribe until he uncorked one to the backstop again and had the collision at the plate. But um, it, it, it was just odd. It was a weird series that every move that Council tried to make, you know, to help the team get an advantage, didn't didn't work. And there's something to be said about that. I do appreciate the call and the talk, and that's what this sport is. It's a talking sport, right? To react and to analyze and to overanalyze and to underanalyze and Ah, oh, man, it's just, it's just a weird feeling right now. Let me get to one more call, then we'll take our first break of the night. Seth in Manitowoc, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Dom. Uh, 
very surprised again. I wonder if council tried to double down by using Winker. Um, it just it doesn't add up. And I look at I look at the end of the year. We brought up a few guys. We definitely needed some pop. Um, and and one other question I have, along with the frustration with Winkers, why did we not give you know Kira a look near the end of the year? Why did he not get a chance? There's just a few of those things that have me going. Man, what an entertaining season to just be let down. It seems like we kind of went against the principles that we we kind of live by through council over these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the hero front, I I had a feeling, you know, when Rowdy got hurt when he had the freak injury with the finger, uh, the Nashville Sounds were in Louisville while the Brewers were in Cincinnati. So I thought, okay, if there's ever a time to do it, it is right now. You need an emergency first baseman. You need a guy that can, you know, play most days, can be a versatile player. And they still decided not to have Keston take that one-hour drive from Louisville to Cincinnati and play. So that's when I knew his season was not going to be in the big leagues. And uh, in case you missed it earlier today, Keston here did elect minor league free agency today as he is his rights uh, as a minor league player with his amount of service time. So there's a chance he does not return to the organization next season. Uh, and then I also remind folks, in September, Keston Hero was dealing with right elbow inflammation. He was actually shut down for the final month of the year. So he was not available at the end of the year. I think it's a fair question, honestly. Uh, with all the the questions about first base until they acquired Carlos Santana, uh Keston seemed like a fit. It didn't happen, and the Brewers still made the playoffs without him. Uh, I'm not sure if he would have made a difference himself today, but it's a question that will be remaining throughout the season indeed. Appreciate the call there. Thanks for coming in here, Seth, uh, and appreciate the honesty once again. Uh, Everett from Mequon, the Brewers hit the ball hard and just couldn't get it through. A lot of people wondering what would have happened if all those balls had gotten through. Kanye West voice, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> that made me chuckle. Aaron in Illinois, can't say I'm not disappointed, but it was still an enjoyable season. Tip your cap to the Snakes bullpen through nine in the third shutout innings this series. We caught some bad breaks. The broken bat double in the six is probably an out. Without the broken bat, Santana seemed to give us everything he had hoped. They bring him back. Okay, let's reset everything. Everyone on the line, I see you there probably filling up the lines right now. I will get to you. We got to pay the bills. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Uh, this is the fan show tonight, the final show of the year. Brewers fall in the wild card round. They get swept by the Diamondbacks. 5-2 the final tonight. More in a moment after this on WTMJ. All right. Uh, we are rolling on with the program. I'm Dominic Catronio. Tough one. I, I mean, it just it just stings, man. It just absolutely stings. It stinks. It's all of those things to have the season end so abruptly. You know, all that work, all that time, 162 games to be over in two. Brewers get swept by the Diamondbacks. The phone number is 855 616 620. Once again, 855-616-1620. I got a lot of y'all on hold. I'm going to get to you here as quickly as I can. Uh, let me get down uh, down to Brian. You've been waiting patiently out in Tosa. Brian, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Well, Dom, again, I appreciate you taking my call. I'm not going to rip, but I'm just going to say, I texted my buddy. I said, our offense is either lights out and the pitching does great or we struggle and then we have one bad inning with our our top pitchers and that's how it played out in the series 
Now, case in point, my buddy and I wasn't watching the game. Philly loaded the bases, and they hit a grand slam. We load the bases, we tap back to the pitcher, and then we hit one first pitch right through the guy in the right spot. Um, we're swinging. We don't have discipline. We don't make these pitchers work. I mean, we're, we're, we're going one, two, three. Uh, we're swinging up strikes out of the zone. Something's got to change. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if the hitting coaches again. I know we've tried that before. It's not been successful. Do we make a couple moves? Do we cut Telez? I don't know. I mean, he had a bad year. Do we regroup? Um, I'm at a loss. I, you know, I like Council, but has he run his course? He, he's only, like the guy said, he's had only one series win in the five years we made. Yeah, we've got the third best record in the National League. That's great. It's kind of like the Packers have the best you know, regular season record, and then they don't get to the Super Bowl. I kind of hate to equate the two, but uh, look at the Bucks. So they go all in. They go over the luxury tax. They make the trades that try to keep them relevant and, and make them the top title contender. we got to do something. Maybe Do we need new ownership, new money? I, I'm at a loss. I mean, I love the Brewers. I went there 20 times this year, most time I've gone ever in my life. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that next year until I see some commitments that are going to get us past, uh, you know, get – into the second round or to the World Series. So that's my take, and thanks for taking my call all year and, and let me vent, so I appreciate it. Absolutely, Brian. Appreciate you as well. Really, uh, I think it's a, a fan's voice there, Brian, that is shared across the fan base. I, I really think you're not alone in that feeling, especially on the money front, especially on the success in the postseason or lack thereof in the postseason. Uh, I agree with most of the things you said there. Uh, I, I think that the Brewers are... At a crossroads, and I think that's why this feels so much heavier, right? Because we've been playing this season under the cloud that is what's Council going to decide. And, you know, under the cloud of knowing David Stearns is on his way to, to New York and knowing that there's stadium funding battles happening right now and that the core of Burns, Woodruff, and Adamas the end is near as next year is the final year of their arbitration years, meaning their free agents to be at the end of next season. That That's why all this feels so heavy and so absolute today and, and why we're trying to figure out, you know, what's next. And it's okay to not know, but that's why I think this feels worse. Because for the first time since Craig Council got the job, there's doubt and there's uneasiness and there's worry that this is going to be a new look. Now, maybe a new look isn't the worst idea, given that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing every year and expecting the same result, uh, expecting a different result, it, it, getting the same thing. So maybe it is time to do something different. Uh, and that's for everyone else to decide here in the organization. 855-616-1620. Uh, get back to the phone lines here as well. Ray down in Springfield. You've been waiting patiently. Ray, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom, uh, I've texted you several times. Good to finally talk to you, although I wish it was on a better night. Um, hey, man, uh, I, I hate to feel like I'm jumping on the bandwagon here, but I'm going to. Um, it's not working with Craig Council. I love his story and what he's meant to uh, Wisconsin and what he's done for you know the local boy done good and all that good stuff. But uh, it's... He, 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 they can't get past. They can have great regular seasons, but even the regular seasons, I mean, their offense was so inconsistent. I mean, it was either boom or bust with this offense. Um, um, so, something's got to give there, and you can't fire all the players. And I think 
I think that um, you know, you know, maybe it's time to bring somebody else in. That especially right now, when you got all these young, some of these young guys that have a lot of potential. Maybe somebody else can come in and, and you know look at some of the successful teams and see what you can pull in terms of you know coaches that want to move up and and also whoever it is that comes in you got to go with one hitting coach you just really uh, this dual hitting coach I think is a little bit of a, a bad experiment here but uh, disappointing certainly. Um, but um, unfortunately, not surprising. Uh, just kind of the, the inconsistency this team had all year. You know, had great stretches, but also some not great stretches. And um, I just think that um, I, I do think it's I do think there's some positives out there. Uh, but um, you know, it, I think it's going to take somebody else to to move them forward and uh, and uh, you know move things forward and. We got to do something next year because, like you say, the end's near for some of these great players and and uh, that we have, and just have to see what happens. But uh, I'm, I'm disappointed, and certainly, uh, certainly uh, share that disappointment. Absolutely. You're not alone in that feeling, Ray. Appreciate your honesty. Thanks for calling in and sharing your thoughts here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're with you for a while, man. I, I really I love all the participation we're getting tonight. We're getting real candid conversations and, and, and being honest. 855-616-1620. I got a million texts I got to get to here as well. Nate from Libertyville. Uh, appreciate the kind words at the start. Yelly should be proud of his last two at-bats, led off the eighth with a perfect bunt single and hit a clutch double in the ninth to keep the season alive. And I had a thought with that, Nate, that you know Yelly was the final out of the 2021 postseason. He went down looking, and he was behind 0-2, and he lines a double the other way. I think that was a little... A, a good hurdle for Yelly to clear there to keep the season alive and keep things rolling as well. Uh, how many times did the Brewers have the bases loaded and not generate a single run? Three times in the postseason here in these two games. They had the bases loaded three times. Once with two outs yesterday. Once, of course, with no outs yesterday. And then once again today with one out and failed to generate a run in any of those three times. So, yeah, that, that's what you circle and get things done. Jim from Oconomowoc. Donaldson batting 150. Why is he here? Because he hits homers. Uh, he, I mean, shoot, he had two hits yesterday, and everyone was pretty quiet about Josh Donaldson's batting average yesterday. So uh, I'm totally fine with Josh Donaldson. Also, he made a heck of a play at third base today, sliding to his left, that I'm not sure a lot of other third basemen can get to. I'm totally fine with Josh Donaldson. Batting averages in anything. Free lick a rookie with the bases loaded. Why is he there? I agree. I, I was surprised that we did not see a pinch hit opportunity. Uh, Aribe clearly struggling. Why not pull him sooner? Three batter minimum, and everything happened within the three batters. Winker, the booing was sad, and he was set up to fail. I agree with that. I I think he was set up to fail, and I think he didn't get a fair shake. I thought he would have been a last man on the bench type scenario, not first man off with him being added onto this roster. So I was just as surprised as everybody else. Alex and Tosa. Sure, you'll get a bunch of texts tonight again about Winker. Honestly, doesn't matter. Felt like a slap in the face to fans that we scored five runs between three games and any other batter would have been a difference in those spots. Maybe, but maybe not. You don't know that for certain, but I, I can tell you it wasn't Winker. That's for sure. Uh, my new expectations for 2024. End goal is to win the Central. No hope for the postseason. Uh, but you never know. That's why you play the games, right? Everyone said the Cardinals were going to win this year. Let me get back to a few more phone lines in just a moment. want to thank the Salvation Army 
Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. Uh, let me see here on the lines. Garrett, you've been waiting a while in New Berlin. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom. Yeah, uh, I just want to say, um, yeah, it just kind of, you know, I just feel bad for Freddie tonight because, you know, he pitched uh, really well, and, you know, it's just tough to see, you know, as I mean, you don't get <clears throat> enough run support, you know, it's just tough, you know, the game gets tighter and, you know, you have to be more perfect with your pitches and then, you know, he just missed a couple and then, you know, they just were able to get to lead and such. So it's just, it'd be just wasted, you know, good performance by him. And then also, you know, as well, um, yeah, I think, and then too, looking to, um, uh, next season, it's just, yeah, I mean, obviously we had a good year this year, but you just look at, you know, the Brads are coming up and, you know, they have a young staff and uh good uh um <clears throat> young group of players and such. So I mean we we could run it back, but you know, just you just look I mean I felt like this was just the year we could make a run and you don't know if it uh possibly could happen again. And um you just say, yeah, it's uh I don't know. It it it's 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 tough. It's gonna take a couple of days for this uh to get this bad taste out of our mouth, but um I don't know, besides that, uh, go for your mm-hmm. Appreciate it, Garrett. Thanks for calling. It is bad taste, and it's going to sting uh, in a cold winter here, obviously, uh, uh, in Milwaukee as the Brewers fall and they get swept tonight. Uh, back out to the phone lines. Mark has been waiting for a while out in New York. Mark, you're staying up late with us. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yes, hi. Thrilled to be talking to you. You know, I'm in New York, but I went to school in Milwaukee, and I still, my heart's still with the Brewers. I just wanted to ask you this. Uh, it's about why they didn't pinch run for Donaldson in the ninth, and it's not a second guess on my part. I was screaming at the radio. By the way, I wasn't able to watch the TV, so I don't know what they were saying on there, but they didn't say a thing on the radio broadcast about pinch running for Donaldson, and uh, you, you had Miller on the bench, or even Perkins, uh, but, you know, Miller for sure. Uh, any thoughts why they wouldn't have put one of those guys in? And, you know, and it did matter because of that line drive off the shortstop's glove. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I think it didn't matter. But I think the reason in that point there was with nobody out and he's not the tying run. He's certainly a run, but he's not the tying run. So you don't want to waste a pinch runner on a guy that's a run that may be inconsequential, right? Maybe you end up in a situation where Carlos Santana reaches base and he's the tying run, but you've already used one of your prime pinch runners. I could see a situation where which the Brewers did do this uh, using Joey Weimer in the eighth inning, and I imagine if Contreras reached, I imagine, because he would have been as the tying run, you bring in Perkins or Miller in that situation, and then if Santana reaches as the go-ahead run, you'll bring in another runner and figure it out from there. But when it's not the tying or go-ahead run, you're just not going to waste that bullet, but I do appreciate the call, Mark. Do you have any other thoughts? I know you're waiting so long here tonight. Yep, I figured since they had Miller and Perkins, and, you know, it clogs up the bases, the first guy, and you prevent a double play. That's why I wondered. Mm-hmm. Don't know if Understood. I'm Probably not. Yeah. Oh, it's all good, Mark. I appreciate it, though. I understand what you're saying. You you hit a ground ball, you can steal a base, you can put a guy in motion, you can do things like that. But uh, at the same time, in the event that the rally formed, which did form, and you've already used up one of the guys and maybe you had two, and I know you can't really manage for that, but again, you're down by three. And if you use a pinch runner in that situation, you probably lose him for the rest of the game. But it's a good yeah, well, take. I appreciate the call there, Mark. Even, 
You won't be surprised if Owen Miller is saying this to council now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in, Mark. Uh, let me get to a couple more calls. Anthony in Delafield, you've been waiting for a long time here tonight. Get to you here uh, in a moment. Uh, I want to thank uh, one of one more of our sponsors here before I continue on with these calls. Got to make sure we pay the bills here tonight, y'all, right? Uh, I want to thank Network Health for sponsoring our postseason coverage all uh, October, as short as it was. Over 40 years, Network Health has been making health insurance affordable and understandable so you can make the most of your coverage. If you're looking for individual coverage, Medicare Advantage, or even coverage for your employees, visit Network NetworkHealth.com slash playoffs. They've got a plan for you. Anthony Delafield, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Tom, thanks for the call. Uh, curious about your thoughts on uh, if this will finally be the offseason where the Brewers kind of rewrite the script. The past couple of years, we've gone into the postseason with, you know, these great uh, pitching staffs. Is this the year where we kind of think, all right, home runs will get us to the World Series? You know, let's move a couple guys. Let's put some bats in this order so that, you know, we can make it past a five-run or a six-run deficit and not have to put up, you know, not have to give up two runs to win a ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I could see it, but at the same time, this team was supposed to have a better mix of power, if you will. I mean, Rowdy Telez falling off a cliff was not in the models, you know, only having 13 homers from him this season. Uh, I, I think... Mm-hmm. Jesse Winker only hitting one home run was certainly not on anybody's radar, and how bad of a train wreck that was this season for him. That certainly hurt things on the power front. Uh, and when you look at the guys that were here at the start of the season, I mean, Garrett Mitchell probably could have put together 15, 20 home run season uh, in his own right, in his own power. Luke Voigt was a failure and then some at the start of the year. He was brought here for power. The guys that they thought they were getting power out of never arrived, so I think we all had a different view and a different lens of this team, right? Thinking that, oh, there was speed and contact team when there was supposed to be power all along. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's such a good point. It just hurts to see us go in with Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, all these guys who are supposed to shut the door, and then, you know, we can't get out of our own way and we can't put up more than a handful of runs. And, you know, you look at these other teams in the league, probably would have said we had the best pitching staff in the entire playoffs, I would argue, and now here we are without a single playoff win. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Anthony, really do appreciate the call. Let me get to one more call here before we take a breather. I've got the timers on all of the guys that are on hold here, so I'm just going in the order of the call arriving. Stay patient. Like I said, this is a fans show tonight. I want to hear from the fans. This is all about you tonight. Let me get to one more call before we take a breather. Uh, Zoran and Greenfield, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom. Uh, pleasure talking to you. I just found you on Twitter uh, about five days ago. So, um, <laughs> pleasure kind of getting to see some of your tweets and some of your insights. Uh, before I start the call, I want to let you know I'm 47 years old. So, for all the Antanasio bashers out there, you haven't lived through Bud Selig and Wendy Selig pre. So, you don't know Amen what a that. cheap owner is. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, all the bashing of Antanasio, they have no clue that with all our general managers for the last 15 years, we've actually had... I will argue with anybody from 08 to 18 and from 13 to 23, we've had good talented squads. We've had some of the best pitching in the last seven years that the franchise has ever had. If you bring in Hader, Williams, not just, and the starting pitchers last seven years in the, in the seven year block, this is the best pitching that this franchise has ever had in its history for seven straight years. So the general manager and the owner are bringing what they have to bring to the table. Of course you want people to spend more money. But this team, 
and, and this manager and his philosophies, I don't look at him googly eye like 90% of the bridesmaid brewer fans that are out there. They, are in, they have man crushes on this man. He has made so many tactical playoff errors, and I can list them for you if you really want me to. But the future is bright, Don. We have a bright future here in Milwaukee. With our farm system, once we sell Burns and Woodruff, we are going to do two Herschel Walker-type trades with those guys. We are going to bring in eight blue chippers. Operation Don, I have it on Twitter, 2027. That's my tag. Because every mm. nine years, roughly, that's our window that we have guys under contract on those rookie deals that, like, you know, when Fielder and Weeks and Braun and Hart, like, we could manage them. So Peralta is under management until 26, so he's going to stay. We're going to be able to finagle that Peralta can stay for 27 for my Operation 27 project. So mm. this is, hear me out. And if you do the research on this, I promise you, you, will, you and I will be like blood brothers overnight. Last <laughs> year in August, we played the Cubs. Man on third, nobody out. Adamus flies out to the first baseman. And a counsel said in his interview, well, there was 26 other guys that, you know, could have scored a run that day too, or could have, like, knocked in a run. So if you're not going to hold professionals accountable, these are classic errors that we constantly keep on making. Men on third base, nobody out. We don't score runs. You don't need to be a home run hitting team. Down and hard. Old school, you know, Wilson Park softball here, guys. Score the runs and hold your players accountable. So for me, I am future bright. I like what we see in our pipeline with Cheerio and Tyler Black and Mushevsky. That's a pitcher. I apologize. I'm butchering his name. Uh, Freelick, Joey, uh, Garrett Mitchell, you know, like we have, we are, are doing right things, okay? But it's, it's, we're in an abusive relationship with, with counsel. I'm sorry, Don. This is like mm-hmm. a girlfriend that hates your guts and you, you still love her. You know, you yeah. still love her. She is bad for you. I saw your tweet you. yesterday. That was a good one. She is bad for you. I hate, <laughs> I hate to say it. Because he's from Whitefish Bay. Okay, he's from South Bend. Whitefish Bay, blah, blah, blah. Two World Series rings. I know. I know. So. <laughs> no, no. They, I say it on Twitter, and people literally come out like, you know, they want my address. They want to beat me up. He's the, he's Lombardi without the trophies, Tom. I understand. I'm trying to help you land a plane here, Zoran, but I do appreciate you speaking from the heart tonight because I, I, it's, it's been festering, and it's true. I get it, and I, I agree with you. Tonight was not his best night. I, I agree 100%. Council looked human tonight, and I have been banging the drum for him to be a manager of the year, and tonight was not one of those nights. Dom, what's funny is my son's son, he doesn't know what bad brewer baseball is. I do. I live yeah. bad brewer baseball. This is a this is a good year years for us. We've had competitive teams, but it's like this isn't worth to move on. We have to move Understood. on as an organization. We have to have a great. Understood. Yeah, we're gonna. We're- uh, pleasure following you, man. All right, thanks. Bro. Pleasure. All the best. Thank you for your, your honesty tonight and appreciate that. So, whoever wants to follow up that call, come on in, man. <laughs> Line them up, baby. Let's have some fun tonight, huh? We're getting real. We're getting in, we're getting on the psychiatrist's couch here right now. We're having some fun. Uh, let me, I gotta take a break here, guys. I gotta make sure we keep everybody happy. We stay on the clock here. George, I'm gonna get to you after the break. Johnny, I'm gonna get to you after George. Matt, I see you there waiting as well. You are my next three on the line. Stay here. 
We got another break to hit. Greg Matzik's going to join us here shortly as well for a quick segment too. So 855-616-1620. I got a million texts here as well. Thank you for everybody participating. We're not done yet. Far from done. Just got to take a breather. Stay with us, WTMJ. BEI is brought to you in part by Annex Wealth Management, Investment, Retirement Tax, and Estate Planning from a fee-only fiduciary. No commission sales pitches or financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning. It's all customized to who you are and what you need at AnnexWealth.com, a great partner of ours here at WTMJ. I'm Dominic Catronio. Uh, This is Brewers Extra Innings. The season's over. Brewers fall. They get swept uh, in the two-game series or in two games of uh, best of three against the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Diamondbacks have now departed the field. All that's left are the TV cameras hitting their live shots here for the 10 o'clock news. But we still got phone calls to get to. I got a lot to get to here. Thank you for all your patience tonight. This is the fans show tonight. George in Pewaukee, you have been through all of this. You are live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom. Thanks for taking my call. You are running an awesome program. I hope I hope you get to continue it next year and beyond. You're, you're excellent at what you do. Thank you. Um, I, I'm I, I'm not been a huge fan of Council. Not, I, I think he's a good manager in a lot of aspects, but for the last four or five years, watching a lot of games, watching his lineup changes, he's from what I see, he's made a lot of tactical errors over the last four or five years. I'll just say one simple one, real quick. Um, uh, John Singleton, if you remember him, mm-hmm. out middle of the middle of the year, the first day he's on the team, he's never hit above 170 his entire life as a major league hitter, and he's leading off. And the next mm-hmm. game, he's batting third. The next game, he's batting third. How does that make everybody else in that clubhouse feel? I understand. One, I... Dumb, one, one of many offensive head scratchers. I, yeah, Winker tonight. A 199 hitter, Garrett Mitchell. What about him pinch hitting? I, I disagree a little bit with you. And J- Josh Donaldson hitting 160. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, you can hit the home run. At, I'd like to see 25 to 30 home runs like uh, Willie Adamas, but hit 250, 260. There's a lot of guys in the major leagues that do that. We don't have mm-hmm. anybody in the last two years that hit 25 home runs and hit above 250. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Yelich, nobody mentions this. He is way underperforming his salary. Not that it's his fault, but that that's a point. Um, Rowdy Tellez. I thought this year I, I'm going to I'm going to stop you there because I thought Yelly was phenomenal this season. I don't want I don't want people to lose sight of the fact that the Brewers are not in this position without Christian Yelich. Oh, I, I I agree that he helped them get in the position. There's there's nine guys in the National League that hit 300, hit 20 home runs. Um, for what he's getting paid, he, he's a little bit above average, maybe. I, I, so I, this is where I, I pause and you I, here because you, know you had me going. I, I agree with a lot of it, George. But Christian Yelich, he's actually getting paid under market value for what he's getting. Twenty-two million, they can afford that. Twenty-six million, they can, they should be able to afford that. And this year, he backed up production. Right? I understand. There's always going to be paid this. Pretty well. Yeah, I yeah, you're right, George. He he came back not, pretty well, I'm but this isn't. Even, I'm not even saying getting rid of him. I'm saying let, let, let's hit 280, 290, 300 with 20 home runs, not 13 or 14. And maybe I, I think it's not even his fault. I think a lot I of understand. That has to do with his back and his injuries. But um, the other one, real quick, just Rowdy Telez last year. Yeah, he hit 30 home runs, 
but you, you can't hit 219 and bat third in the order. There's too many guys that council put second, third, fifth, and they're hitting mm-hmm. under 230. But and I the, counter you, George, with that's the, the deck that he is handed. That's the He's not the one that's handed that deck, right? Christian Yelich and William Contreras, you, you conveniently left those guys out of the yep. one-two. They were phenomenal this season. I know 3-4-5 yep. was yep. a bit of a black hole. That's why we saw Sal Freely getting clean up for so long this season because he was the only yep. guy that was getting on base consistently, right? They were trying things. And the reason why Singleton was batting three because that's how bad things got in May. May was a dark time for this team. It felt like they were never going to get out of it. Yeah. But I just want to say, I, I, I do appreciate the call, George. I appreciate the honesty. And I don't want to talk down. I hate doing this. But it's just like when I hear something about batting average and when I hear something about, oh, just go get a guy who's hitting 250 with 30 homers. If it was that easy, every team would have a guy like that. It's just not that easy. There are only nine guys total in all of baseball that are hitting 300. League average is 248. League average for OPS is barely over 700. It is hard to find consistent hitters these days. That is baseball in 2023. It is not 1985 when everybody's playing on concrete AstroTurf and you can hit a ball straight into the ground and you're guaranteed to have a single. You're also not facing guys that are throwing 85 miles an hour and you're throwing guys that are throwing 97 miles an hour every single night, every single guy out of the bullpen. You are facing a starter twice in a game. Twice, if you're lucky. Third time, it's because he's nasty. It's a different game. we got to stop using batting average for everything we use. And Josh Donaldson wasn't hitting 150 the entire season with the Brewers. He went two for four last night. No one said a word. He goes 0 for three tonight, and everyone's like, oh, that's the reason why the Brewers lost. No, batting average isn't the end all for evaluating a player. It's a piece. Stats are like bikinis. They tell you a lot, but they don't tell you everything. Okay? We can't only judge a guy by his batting average. There's other things they bring value to a team. I'm sorry to blow up on you, George. I appreciate your honesty, man. I appreciate what you're doing. But I'm trying to just kind of get ahead of it because I've heard a lot of batting average takes tonight. I've heard a lot of stuff all season long about a guy's batting average. Not one mention about John Singleton's on-base percentage being over 350 in AAA, which is why he was batting leadoff. Not one mention about the fact that the Brewers are one of the best walking teams in the league. They didn't get the job done with runners in scoring position. That's the story. And that's where batting average comes in. I'll give you that. The Brewers went 3-for-9 with, with runners in scoring position now. You know what that is? That's 333. Is that suddenly a good batting average? No. You and I both know that that's not good enough to get the job done. <sighs> Exhale. Judge, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate you. i got a lot of other calls here to get to. I don't want to get hung up on this one. Matt has been waiting patiently. I told you I was going to get to you quicker. I'll get to you in a moment. Johnny and Bayview, you've been waiting patiently as well. I'll get to you after Matt. So, Matt, you go first here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, good evening. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Um, three quick points. First one is uh, Craig Council. He's like the Mike McCarthy of baseball. Mm-hmm. Two other points, not really related because we saw how bad the games were yesterday and, and today. Uh, first point is they didn't play like a team that wants my tax dollars to stay in Milwaukee. I know it's just one, one more playoff season, but this is a critical time, and they really needed to sell their brain and sell themselves. I feel like they let us short, let us, up, you know, kind of short. And secondly... Um, we are you now in 2023. We can put a man on the moon. We can face chat with somebody halfway across the world on a cell phone, but we can't get around a 92 win season. And we got playoffs, and you play two games and you're out. I'd like to hear more talk on that. I can't believe you get 92 wins, and after you have a, a tough series against the Cubs on the weekend, you get one day to rest and you lose two games and you're out. I think it's absolute insanity the way it's set up. 
that you play a wild card team and you lose two with 92 wins and you're done. I'll take. I'll go off air here or off the phone. I'll listen to your response. Thank you. Now, I appreciate you waiting patiently there, Matt. And I, on on the front of the playoff format, this has been the playoff format for the last two years. I understand the frustration that it feels too short. But then, you know, people were still mad about the DS format when it was a five-game series and not a seven-game series, right? For so long, it was just the CS. And there are a lot of teams in those 80s and 90s years that would have made the playoffs in today's playoff structure. So how different would the organization look today if those teams were in the playoffs at that time? And I, I, I'll repeat what I said earlier. You know the status. If you don't like it, play better. The Brewers lost five of six games against the Dodgers and five of six games against the Braves. If you can win a couple of, if you can win those series, that's a whole different story. It, there's someone has to be the top seats. Someone has to be. If you don't like it, play better. That's how I feel about that. Uh, when it comes to the 92 win season, being a dud, you're absolutely right there, Matt. I do agree with you there. It's frustrating. It's just another same old song and dance and you feel like you're hurting at this point but I do appreciate you calling it in here Matt Johnny you've been waiting Johnny and Bayview you're live on Brewers Extra Innings oh, it's Jerry oh Jerry I'm so sorry Jerry you're live oh, well thank you uh, you know I, I've been an avid listener all year I don't uh, text much and um, I do believe that uh well, you know, the the crew, they go from, uh, they have the best pitching staff in baseball. and But they have very inconsistent, as you know, hitting. And they go from zero runs to ten. And the thing is, it's like you can't get to the World Series like that. So, um, But I do believe, uh, Dom, that the crew with the rookies, they are very on their way to a dynasty. I truly believe it. And it will be better than New York, it, you know, Yankees or anybody. And um, it's going to take time. But uh, they are really positioned, I believe. And Council, I believe, is a, well, genius. Pardon me. Uh, many will disagree. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Awesome. Appreciate the call there, Jerry. Thanks for calling in there. I, I, I think sometimes genius can be a burden. You know, when you, when you try to make gambles and you try to do something a little bit too much and it fails, people call you for tactical errors, which, again, I am going to say, yes, there were errors tonight. There have been errors in the past. But when you look at the whole body of work, I still think Craig Council is one of the best managers in baseball. And tonight was not his night, and it chose a bad night to have a bad night for the mistakes to happen that the way that they happened. But again, we could be sitting here saying, oh my God, he's a genius if Sal Freely gets a double in the gap in that situation for leaving a left on left. He's always given credit to the players when they win, and he takes the loss himself. Okay, that's that's what a manager does. That's life of it. It's easier to fire a manager than it is to fire the team. That's how things work. But uh, I understand the frustration tactically and strategies and things of that nature when it comes to the Brewers trying to be successful year in and uh, year out. Uh, back to the phones here. Then i got to get to a few of these texts. Mike, out on the east side. Mike, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hello. Howdy. Are you there? Hi. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, okay. I didn't realize it was coming on right now, but okay. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, so here's the deal. I've been uh, watching baseball for the Milwaukee Braves since the late 50s. 
And I want to say this right now. In the last couple of days, last week or so, Craig Council has actually had a guy bunt once in a while. Amazing, because I'm going to look at it this way. I'm going to say this, and I don't care what anybody says. The old way of playing baseball, when you need to score, when you need to do things, is still the best way to play ball. Okay, a couple of years ago, when when they still had that shift, and nobody wants to try and do it, and there was a couple of teams that had guys that were putting, they were getting doubles by bunting down the line. Okay, think about it. It's baseball. There's nothing new about baseball. Baseball has been played for 150 years. There's nothing new. Everything is the same strategy. You might try to do something a little different now and then, but it's still the same thing. You got to hit. You got to run. Now, all of a sudden, you, you got a team that we're playing that they're stealing. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Wow, what an amazing innovation. Innovation? Are you kidding me? I grew up stealing, hit and run, bunting. Eddie Matthews, the greatest home run hitter that we had next to Hank Aaron, the second guy. He could he was the best bunter we had. Paul Molitor could bunt, and all he had to do was stand there. Nobody knew he was going to do it. You need to have the old mentality that worked for 150 years. Craig Council has not done that, and our team has suffered. And guess what? I'm sorry. Everybody thinks this guy's a genius. He is not a genius. And the, the problem is, I think that he really knows baseball. I think he really knows baseball strategy. And it amazes me that he doesn't use it. You have bases loaded, and your guys aren't doing anything. Your guys aren't doing anything. You look at where the, out, the infielders are playing. Excuse me. The infielders are playing. If you got a guy sitting back because they're not expecting it, boom, and you score a run. It's what they used to call in those old days the uh, squeeze play. But the thing is, yeah, if the guy's playing in, yeah, it's not going to work. But it's not happening. We're seeing this. I've been watching this for I don't know how many years, and I've been watching baseball all my life. And believe me, when I tell you, at 71 years old, I know baseball, and I played baseball, and I still play softball every year. I still play. I still That's play. Awesome. Bottom line is, bottom line is, I don't understand why nobody, well, there's a few people, I shouldn't say nobody, wants to play the game the way it should be played. You I understand. something... If there's an opportunity, it's, it's, it's just right in front of your face that you can't lose, and you don't do it, and you and you do it. Okay, and everybody's talking about Yelich. Excuse me, that play at second base yesterday, that was the dumbest thing that I've ever seen in my life. I don't See, that's where I'm going to stop you, Mike. I do. I thought I, you had me going. I was, I was with you for a while there. Mike, third base was unoccupied. He saw the ball bobble, and he tried to make an aggressive play. It was a dumb play. He got It wasn't. 
The dumb play was Adamas getting too far off of second. Mike, I do appreciate your honesty. You had me going. But Yelich was dumb. I disagree, but that's okay. We can disagree and we can live on. Appreciate you calling in, Mike. This is uh, art. This is fan show. I don't want to get too far, but I just want to give one thought in response to that. Mike, I know you're still listening. How many times did the Diamondbacks bunt in these two games? Tell me. How many times did the Diamondbacks bunt? Oh, right. You see what I mean? You see why? You got to mix both. You got to mix it. And if you wanted Sal to bunt with the bases loaded and one out, I can't help you. I, I can't help you. I, I just can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what to say anymore to something like that. Uh, one more call here, then I take a break. Doug and Baraboo, you've been waiting. Doug, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, good evening, Dom. Uh, uh, real rough way to end the season. I think back to uh, January this uh, snowy night in January on Blue Mound. We had that event. The excitement with uh, uh, Mitchell and uh, uh, Miller and Freelich and Willie Adamas and Peralta and, and everything that was going on. And, and then the spring and all summer uh, now. And uh, my wife and I were our record wasn't too great this year. We were only <laughs> no, it wasn't, Doug. <laughs> it was 18 and 17. Uh, and we were only 35 games. We were gone. We were out of the country for a while. So, But, you know, I, I love the enthusiasm of these people calling in. And the one word that you mentioned was the word doubt as I was listening tonight. And the doubt over whether our manager council is coming back tonight. And to me, that took a little of the wind out of the, the whole thing because you, I don't know, as a fan, I'm trying to concentrate on winning these games and waving the yellow uh, towel and, and getting the back of my mind as well. We may not even have this, this manager next year. And I, I understand the criticisms and, you know, I, I didn't agree with a lot of the things, but in, in, in the long run, he's, to me, he's done an, an excellent job. Uh, I love the pitching this year, and I especially love listening to your statistics because I'm kind of, I, I don't know, I call myself kind of a statistic guy with baseball, and you seem to be right on and actually ahead of me on uh, a lot of that type of thing. So, it just means I'm a nerd, Doug, be, that's all. <laughs> well, that's what it takes, maybe. I don't know. But it's going to be, yeah, it's, this, this is rough. And at least tonight on a lighter note, you got me on the, almost the portage, so that, that's a good sign. But, but I appreciate oh, <laughs> you and uh, Craig and uh, uh, Jeff and Augie and, uh, you know, Greg filling in on your Tuesdays or whatever was going on there. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I love the show on it. And uh, even on the West Coast, I stay up quite a lit, quite a while. My wife will agree with that. So anyway, let's. Uh, I hate, I just hate the, that the season's over. 
Of course. Thank you. Of course. Drive safe, Doug. I appreciate your listenership all season long, my friend. Uh, it was great to meet you at Dugout 54 this winter as well. Thank you, as always. Let me get to a few of these texts here as well. This is from Sam on the way home. Heartbreak of a series. This team felt special, but it hurts to walk away like this. Uh, appreciate all we do. Thank you for the compliment. Looking forward to your thoughts on releasing some of our young outfield talent for young power hitters. Where do they draw the line on who's untouchable this offseason? Uh, just gut feeling Jackson Churio is untouchable. I, I And I struggle to say anybody else is untouchable depending on the return. I'm just being completely honest. And maybe I'll give this a better thought uh, during an offseason show, not when the season ended a couple hours ago, but Jackson Churio is an undoubted untouchable. I don't know about the rest. Sal, maybe. But Garrett, maybe. But untouchable is a strong word. It's a very strong word, but it's something to talk about as well. Uh, this one from Noah and Shano. At this point, I wouldn't mind seeing Council leave. Winker, dot, dot, dot. I get that. I think a lot of people fair, share that thought right now. I don't know what Craig Council's future is going to be. Uh, then went on about the third base coach. Doesn't send people home the entire season. I don't think it was that. I think it was over-aggressive during the season. I thought he was a little under-aggressive tonight, but then, you know, with an offense that's struggling, if you get an out at the plate, it's as deflating as possible. You would have thought that the next man up could have done it, but maybe tonight would have been the night to be a little more aggressive on the bases. I don't mind it. Being a third-base coach is one of the hardest jobs in baseball because people only notice when you do something wrong. But uh, it is what it is with Jason Lane. Mike from Menominee Falls. We made the postseason. There were years and years and years we watched this team where we hoped for some meaningful games in August and September. This hurts. But these are the good years as well. I agree. I appreciate that text. Uh, this one from the 414. Don't understand holding so many runners at third this series. The entire world knows how much the Brewers struggle, struggle with runners in scoring position. Can't be holding runners. Seven runs up at third uh, at this series. Get a hit. You know, I, I it's just poor timing. And I also want to say Alec Thomas has a great arm in center field. I would have sent on can a shot to right field. I probably would have tried to send it. But... Then you figure out, well, oh, man, it, it, he had to hold up because to make sure the ball wasn't going to drop. It, it, they were 50-50, and it was uh, maybe on the wrong side of 50 because the Brewers didn't get more runs. Nate here in Milwaukee, wish you the better end for the council era. He's earned the right to do what he wants. Feel bad for the guys. How do you convince booing fans to enjoy the ride instead of feeling the feeling of entitlement? That's what irks me the most. Been fun listening this season. I don't think it's entitlement. No, 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 no. I don't think it's entitlement at all. They, every fan wants to see their team win. Period, end of story, point blank. And and there are plenty of older fans that have called in today and texted in and say, talking about, yeah, you remember the 80s and the 90s, and I've already talked about the differences in playoff formats and things like that. In my opinion, booing, you earn booing. You earn expectations, as the Brewers said last year when they missed the postseason. You earn a higher standard, okay? Everyone talks about New York, you know, it's a tough place to play because they're going to boo you if you play. That's New York. That's the standard. And now the standard, I'm not saying you're going to boo every guy in Milwaukee. That's not the thing here in Milwaukee. What I'm saying is the standard has been raised so high here in Milwaukee that you're getting booed for a poor performance. That's what. That's pretty normal fan behavior for major cities. New York, Philly, Boston. I don't think of L.A. as a booing team because it's West Coast. Chill. Um, Houston will boo. I've heard Texas boo. I've heard St. Louis boo, best fans in baseball. You know what I feel about that. But booing's a thing. Okay, I, I'm not going to call out fans for booing poor performance. I am going to call out fans for booing concussion tests, but that's a topic for another day if we want to get into it. But I don't mind it. It's a standard that's been higher. I know I, I want 
to support the team, obviously. I want Brewers fans to support the team, obviously. But booing sends a message. It's the fans' opinion that matters. Not my opinion. It's the fans' opinion that matters. And I, I think that's how they share their opinion live in the moment. For Mike in Colorado, whether it was a single bunt, double, or a homer, all season long, the Brewers were plagued by constantly getting the big hit when they needed it. This playoff series is a perfect perfect example of that. Uh, P.S. Is there any chance Matt Arnold could follow David Stearns to the New York Mets? There are actually rules in place that you can't hire from your previous front office uh, in Major League Baseball uh, for an X amount of time. I don't know the exact amount, but uh, I would not see that uh, in the future for the Brewers. Uh, let me get to a few more phone calls here uh, before we get to the break. Matthew, you've been waiting so long. I'm so sorry it's taken me so long to get to you, Matthew. Out in Fond du Lac, you're live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Uh, thank you, uh, Dom, for taking my call. Uh, I'm going to change gears on you a little bit here, and we're going to we're going to talk about your performance this year because I'm going to tell you <laughs> I, I love this show. I love this show all year. Uh, your analytics are spot on. They're fast. They're quick. You make being a nerd awesome. Uh, the way that you have like strong opinions about stuff and and you see the the humor and the the craziness that goes into decisions that are made around baseball, uh, there's, there's a humility to that that I think gets, gets lost. And I just, I guess what I'm trying to say, Dom, is uh, and if it's okay if I call you Dom, I, I really Absolutely. do appreciate what you did, what, what you do for this team, because uh, what's the old ESPN joke? Uh, games aren't played on paper. They're played inside our televisions. Well, <laughs> part of the fun of the season is talking about it and, hearing, uh, you know, the thoughts and the insides and, and the interviews. So, so what you do is, is it's part of the team. It's part of following the season. And I wanted to say thank you for, for doing that. Um, I have all my other opinions about everything, uh, but that was the point of my call, and I just want to say thank you. Now, thank you. Thank you for the very kind words there, Matt, and uh, for waiting that long to say that. That's very kind of you to say that. Nerds rule the wor- run the world. That's what my mom always told me when I was a nerd in high school taking AP stats as a sophomore. Uh, and I had uh, a basketball coach as my AP stats teacher. And this was right when Brad Stevens was starting to break in and analytics were becoming a thing in sports. And I'll never forget Coach Pinter was his name. Uh, my AP stats teacher was kind of the first one. Hey, you can do stats and sports and things like that. And I made it a point to start understanding that stuff a lot sooner. And Matthew, I, I still got you on the line here. I, I appreciate the kind words. It sounds like you're a fellow nerd like me. And I, I appreciate you listening all season long. But at the same time, I don't do this without fans like you and everybody that's called in already. Fans I disagree with. Fans I agree with. Fans I block on Twitter. Fans I engage with on Twitter. I don't have this job without fans like you. So I appreciate your kind words and for joining us here on the show tonight. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for having me. And, and when you've got a rebuttal, it's, it's fantastic because it means you're you're thinking you're not you're not just nodding your head going yeah yeah no thanks yep yeah you're no like you've got you've got your opinions and and they're strong you speak them with conviction uh, that's important because when when somebody says something from way out in left field like I love that you you have a you've thought about this already and ah that's impressive and good job. Thank you. I appreciate that, Matthew. Drive safe. Thanks for listening all season long. And uh, we'll see you right back here at the ball yard in 2024. Jim, I see you on the line. I'm going to get to you in a moment, I promise. 
Uh, I just got to get to another break here. So Greg Matzik's cutting up some audio. He's going to join us in a little bit. We got some reaction from Christian Yelich in the clubhouse as well. I think you're going to want to hear that in a little bit as well. We're going to we need to go. 855-616-1620. Jim, you're going to be on the other side of this break. Stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, we're still rolling, baby. Brewers fall. Season's over. Sad. Sad, sad, sad. 855-616-1620. I got a million texts to get to. Got a few more phone calls as well. 855-616-1620. Want to thank Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical for their support all year long. Now's the time to schedule your furnace tune-up with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. You can even save $10 on your tune-up through November 15th. You can go to Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com today to learn more. Cider, Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. All right, Jim, you've been waiting all night long out in Bayview. Jim, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. All right, thanks for taking my call. I, I've been uh, sitting at home here. I'm listening to the show. But I want to tell you first that I work for the Brewers. I was working the right field corner gate tonight. And the positive news that I wanted to tell everybody tonight was that we all thought, all the workers, we all thought we were going to be working tomorrow. And every single fan that came in tonight, they were not in a bad mood. Everybody was upbeat. Everybody thought we were going to win. It was a real positive attitude all the way. And it was just, you know, as workers, all of us out there, we knew all along that the problem with the team is they do not score enough runs. And what makes it so difficult is, you know, they lost the two games at home. You know, we never expected that to happen. And now all of our season is done and our work is over for the whole year. It's so abrupt. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it just hurts, man. I, I was one of those people walking in today. I walked in downstairs. And I was like, all right, let's, I'll see you guys tomorrow. You know, uh, if I leave anything behind, I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, yeah. certainly wasn't the case. Yeah, that's yeah. what it, all our work, all the workers were saying, hey, we'll see you tomorrow, you know, and we were, everybody was positive all the way. But we just it, didn't score enough runs. And, and let's see if you agree with me here, Jim. Obviously, the roof was closed tonight, but. I thought the crowd, mm-hmm. I, I, at first pitch tonight, I, I thought it was so much louder than yesterday. I think the roof had, did have something to do with that. But there was there was some serious, great, positive energy vibes. And, and obviously getting out oh, to a 2 yeah. thing lead certainly helped, too. Oh, yeah. It, it was very upbeat all the way, you know. And, I mean, T-plush throwing out a pitch. And, yeah, everybody was fired up. And then, you know, just like yesterday, we scored a couple of runs and we're in the lead, you know. But... That was it. You know, we just didn't score again, and, uh, you know, everybody knows what happens. Amen. What happened. Yep. Jim, appreciate your work here at the stadium, yeah, keeping really all of us safe, keeping all of us organized. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, appreciate you, my friend. Thanks a lot for putting me on. All right, bye. You got it. We'll see you next season uh, here on WTMJ. Uh, stay on the phone lines here as well. Let's shift over to Trevor here in Milwaukee. Trevor, you are live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, what's up? Howdy. Yeah. Uh, first off, I just want to say um, I'm on board with Operation 27 from earlier. That's <laughs> great. I can get with that. Um, I think Yelly played great this year. It was a great bounce back year that we really needed from him. Um, 
I like the Josh Donaldson move. I know the batting average and all that wasn't there, but uh, I think as a whole that was a right step to make for those guys to go out and get him. And uh, it sounds like he kind of shook up the clubhouse a little bit, and I think that ultimately you know, could have been a good thing. Um, the thing I'm having a hard time stomaching was the, the lack of sending runners. Um, what you said earlier about, you know, you don't notice the third base coach until he does something wrong. Talk me off the ledge a little bit. You calm me down just a bit. But uh, I, I just don't – I know it's a risk, and I know it's deflating when you get thrown out at home plate. But I, I think in the situation and the lack of hitting with runners in position, they really, really, really needed to – you got to try and scratch runs across. And I just feel like, um, you know – Maybe not any one of those situations would have, you know, brought us the series instead, but I just feel like in those 50-50 shots, you got to go for the more aggressive side of it in those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand all that. I think the one that I really would think Jason Lane really wants back tonight is not sending Yelich uh, on the single to right by, by Canna. Uh, Yelich with his speed. Could have made anything happen. Carroll does not have a great throwing arm, despite being a right fielder. But I think they're also a little bit, pardon the pun, pardon the use of word, snake bitten by the base running errors yesterday. So they didn't want to make another one and have that be the story of the game. But you, I, I, I still think a fifty-fifty is the right way to analyze uh, that one. Uh, Mike or uh, Trevor, really do yeah. appreciate you calling in. Did you have uh, anything uh, else on your mind? Yeah, I mean, as frustrating as it is that the season is over, um, I guess. You know, we'll we'll err on the side of positivity that at least we have a good enough team to be disappointed when they don't go as far in the playoffs as we like. Uh, unlike our friends from the South who cheer for the Cubs, who didn't have that opportunity. So, well, as long as well, they're, they're not our friends. Us, that's all right for me. Uh, yeah, as long as, as long as we're better than them, I'm okay. So. Yeah, exactly. We still play two more games than they did this season. Appreciate the call. Thanks for hanging out with us here tonight, Trevor. Thanks for being a fan here on the show. Uh, Tim, up in Sheboygan, you are up next. Tim, you are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Good evening. A couple things. Number one, I disagree with everybody uh, getting on counsel's case. This is the team he was handed it, and he managed it. And he did the best he could with all of the talent he had. Everybody's I agree. Complaining, uh, yeah, everybody's complaining about the fact that, oh, yesterday they were 3-for-11 in scoring position, and today it doesn't matter what your batting average is in scoring position. The coaches aren't the ones going out there having the at-bats. Yes. When you strike out three times in a row with the bases loaded, strike out again for the first out with the bases loaded, happened again tonight, that's what can't happen. I don't I don't care if you hit him to a double play. Hit him to a double play. It scores a run. Put the ball in play. Hit a fly exactly. ball somewhere. It scores a run. And And I know that's easier said than done. When people are throwing 100 mile an hour fastballs at you, I I completely get it. But to hold that on the manager, well, this is this is my lineup. What do you expect me to do? You know, I I to me that's not right. Mm-hmm. And 
You know, it, it, everybody's been complaining about, well, he should do this. He should do that. Well, you play with the lineup you're given. You know, I, I'm i pretty sure, and you can't tell me that he wanted Winker in, on his team. Hmm. Yeah, that, that was a sore he, subject, he used, to say the least. He, he used... No, he used Winker because I think he was told that Winker was going to be on your roster, and I think he said, well, if you want him on my roster, then I'm going to use him. You know, I, think, I, I, I really that like was, that theory. I, I that really do. I think a little bit of spite. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to like I think, that theory, I and I want to get behind it. Because, yeah. I, I get he, it. He likes Telez, and he likes Mitchell. He said that over and over and over again, and all of a sudden... He has neither one of them, and his left-handed bat is Winker. Mm-hmm. Well, if Winker is so good, why wasn't he here the last three months? I agree. I agree entirely. He, I, I don't know he was to coming me, back from rehab, and they kept him down in rehab for an extended period of time as a break glass gave emergency guy, and... You know, the emergency came and they broke the glass and it turns out the the smoke alarm needed the new battery or the fire extinguisher was out. And it, it, it that's going to be, unfortunately and unfairly to Jesse Winker, but also that's the story kind of of this series in that even though there were other failures of the runners in scoring position, one of the main storylines of this series is why the heck was Jesse Winker on? I feel, and I think you feel the same as me here, Tim, if Garrett Mitchell grounds out in that situation, you're like, well... You know, oh, well, this kid's part of the future, right? Well, it's even more than that. Why would you have even, yesterday in the eighth inning, why would you pinch hit for Terrain? They're both left-handed. Terrain can walk. Terrain can run. If he draws the walk or beats out a ground ball, he can steal a base. You can win a game. <laughs> I agree. What's Winkler? I agree entirely. He could do? And, and that's I agree. the problem I have. I have no problem if they put Telez up there because, yes, with one swing, Telez can change the game. Jesse Winker hasn't proven he could do that. But right. Telez has. But, and, Not and this that, season. To me, was the problem. Right. Not this season for Telez. I can understand. He's still, no, he still, he still hit 14 bombs this year. Winker had one. Mm-hmm. I understand. Or 13, uh, whatever it was that he hit. You know, that, there's a big difference. There's there is a, a big difference. There is a big difference between 13 and 1. Well, let me, let me give you this, and this is how I'll let you go, and I just want to explain. Here's the difference between 13 and 1. Rowdy hit one homer over his last 191 plate appearances. It, that 13 guy isn't walking through the door. The one guy was walking through the door. Well... Winker had 190 plate appearances, and he hit one all year. Right. I, I think neither one of them should have been on the roster. I would have gone with Mitchell, but that's in the I, past, I, and it I didn't matter in the Mitchell. end. I definitely, definitely. I would have never taken Terang out of the lineup. He'd have been hitting for me. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I do appreciate the call. Thanks for coming in here, Tim, and hanging out with us here tonight. Uh, I got uh, one more caller here on the phone lines. James, you've been a, a listener all year long. James, out on the east side. You're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Well, how are you doing, fellas? Come, I'll tell you what. Now, I got a little bit to say about what Tim was just talking about, you know, because 
bottom line is, yes, you got a guy to hit one home run. And now I'm going to even talk about this one. But you got a guy that hit one home run, and you put him in there. And you got Rowdy that hit all the other ones. Now, he hadn't been hitting good. But actually, he's been getting some hits lately. And 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 this other fella, he hadn't done nothing all year. Okay? Mm-hmm. So bottom line is, that's, I mean, I don't know why you would put him in there. I don't even know why he was on the roster. But, okay. He was. Now, guess what? You're on an elimination game. You don't put a man like that in there. You don't put him in there. Okay, you would put a rowdy in there because man has been played and has proven himself. Not so He hasn't been playing so good, but he hasn't been feeling good. But he's still better. Okay, so now here's the other thing Now I got to talk about. Because here's the thing that I'm looking at with the pitching. You don't put that young... That young fella, Uribe, in there at that time because he's a young man. Now, that wouldn't have cost us the game. But you don't put that young man in there because this is a pressure situation. He's a youngster, you know? And what I'm getting at is he doesn't know this, and he's great, but he throws those wild pitches, and he's not right. I, I remember remembering, you know, as I'm an older fella, you know, <laughs> I'm remembering guys – like, think about this now. Randy Johnson, he was terrible when he was younger. A million mm-hmm. miles an hour he threw that ball. But didn't know where it was, was going. So terrible. He was so terrible because you didn't know where you were going to throw the ball. And that was the wonderful thing. As a matter of fact, that was one of the most wonderful things because when you were the batter, he didn't know if you were going to hit you. You know, so he had a, he actually had a little bit, and Nolan Ryan was a little bit like that too, if you remember. I know you don't remember because you're a youngster, but the thing is, <laughs> you don't, but you don't put those young man, you didn't put that young man in there. You had, you had Hobie in there, you know, and, and there was a couple guys. You can't do that with that young man. Now, maybe it'll make him a better player later on, but it may make him worse because he got, he got, you know, because he got a little bit handled. You know, is how we used to call that. He got handled a little bit. But but the fact of the matter is, I'm sorry. My manager here, I kind of like him. And yet, I kind of think he, if he went a little bit with the older style baseball. Now, what I'm talking about the older style baseball is a little bit of hit and run. And Arizona has been doing that. Mm-hmm. Stealing the base. You understand what I'm saying? And then yeah. he put that bunt down, and, and Yelich, I, yesterday, yes, I'm going to tell you what, with Yelich, he cost us that game yesterday. I'm sorry. I don't know what the heck he was thinking. I don't know what he said, because he's a smarter ball player than that. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what was going on. But, you know, you got to talk to him about that. But it was wrong. But now, here's the thing. When you guys got you got bases loaded. Sometimes, you know, you got to do something crazy, you know, old-fashioned stuff, because nobody knows you're going to do that anymore. You lay it down a bunt, squeeze play, you know, when you're down by one run, especially at home. The old saying used to be, when you was down by one run and it's getting late, you go for the tie at home. 
You understand what I'm saying? You remember mm-hmm. this? I don't know. If it you remember, still is today. You go for the tie at home. You know, that's what you try to do. Because what you got to do, you got a chance because you're always going to be the last man batting. Know what I'm saying? And this mm-hmm. is what it's, and this is not what's happened. And that's what I don't like about this man because I think he's a better manager than he's been doing lately. I don't understand why he has because I think mm-hmm. he's a smart man, but I don't think he's been playing it smart. I don't understand why he has. And you know, I, understand. I, I hate to talk bad about the man, but you know what? You know what I'm saying. I think you do know what I'm saying, don't you? I Absolutely, mean, James. I you know, I understand in that there are some tactical moments where you say, "Yeah, let's let's put let's put the, the wheels in motion. Let's get a hit and run going." I, I understand the bunting. A lot of folks are obsessed with bunting and things of that nature. I didn't see many situations to bunt tonight, really, quite frankly. And I'll say the same thing I said earlier in the show: the Diamondbacks yeah, didn't drop down know. a single bunt. No one said anything about that. No, no, I like that. By the way. Mm-hmm. I did like it. But, you know, okay, so what I'm getting at is now, okay, so think about this now. Now go back a couple years, two years ago, you know, when they they didn't have that, you know, you could, they were all, uh, what do they call that? What they were doing, that shift. And so everybody on the other side of the field. And I remember a guy, not our guy, but guy that we were playing. The man had a double by laying down a bunt down the left field line. Right, excuse me, right. No, it wasn't a left field line. I'm thinking wrong. Left field, he hit a double. And then he did it again in the other end. He didn't get a double, but he did it again in a couple innings later. It's like, what the? There ain't nobody there. What you going right. to do? But hey, that. that you, I mean, think about That error's gone. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Yeah, try to take advantage of what the defense giving you, I understand. But sometimes you only get one pitch to do that because you show bunt, you pull back, the pitch is at your eyes, it's ball one, and now the third baseman's playing in. But, hey, that error is in the past. James, I, I, I get what you're saying, man. I really do. And looking for a little bit of something it, different, Thank I think it's what you're much. trying to get at, man. You're looking for something different, and you're sick of seeing the same old song and dance, right? When they don't expect it. When they don't expect it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember Paul Molitor in Milwaukee. And there's a man that, I mean, he was great, you know? Mm-hmm. And all the time he'd be standing there. He'd be standing there. And, and, you know, and man, this guy is a hitter, you know? He could hit home on, double, everything. He'd be standing there all of a sudden at the last moment. The last moment. Bang! He lays down mm-hmm. that bunt. He's at first base. They didn't even know what happened to him. Amen. You remember Amen. that? He was a star. Thank he was a star. Much, it ended poorly, obviously, here in Milwaukee. But, man, he was a star here in Milwaukee. James, I do appreciate you call, my friend. Thank you Thanks much, for hanging buddy. out with us. Nice you got it. You. Pleasure. Thank you, James. Appreciate you. Let me get to a few texts here. Mike and Kohler, got to be optimistic about the Brewers' future. How many times have we left the bases loaded? At least 24 times or more. Started keeping track earlier in the season and lost track. Did I hear right? Braves had 100 more homers than the Brewers. In fact, the Braves, I mean, they had more than 100 than I think the team in second as well. They tied the all-time record for home runs in the season. Their home run differential, as in the home runs they hit in games and home runs their opponents hit in games, was like 160. They're a freak. They're a freakish team. Uh, the Brewers wouldn't have seen them until the NLCS. Well, we've got work to do. It's from Mike and Kohler. Get ready for February. Brewers lost postseason last Tuesday when they carried on so much after, after clinching the Central. Come on, give me a break on that. Younger guys like Uribe, Freelick, and Piomps smoking fat cigars and drinking enough. I'm not even going to read the rest of this. Uh, 
I liked how the Astros celebrated with champagne. The Mulan say much more. Did you see the next day, whoever this is in the 262, they partied their butts off. Alex Bregman had the line saying, I guess we'll never know what it's like to have the Astros not win the West. Get out of here with that. You celebrate when you win. You're telling me the Diamondbacks, they celebrated when they made the postseason on Saturday? That's a bad take, man. Don't text that. Don't. That's a bad take. Glenn in Burlington texting in. I enjoyed the season, but again, they have a batting average 23rd in the league. Averages eventually catch up to a team. I don't disagree with that. Pitchers can't be perfect all the time and allow a few runs, especially when facing better hitting teams. Glenn from Burlington appreciated the text. This one from Brandon, then we'll take a breather. The, bets, the Mets proved that Money isn't everything, but with that being said, I think it's time for an owner that brought in with his financial decisions rather than giving the fans lip service. I don't think he's ever given the fans lip service. Ever since he bought majority stake in an English soccer uh, soccer club, it left a bad taste in my mouth. I, I, I challenge people on this. Do you know how much money he invested in that? It's a couple million. It's one, not even a player. It's a big league minimum is $750,000. People overreact about that investment. And... As I understand it now, as he's always explained it, it's a way to learn more, to help get better, and it's still investing. It's making money. He's an investor. He invests in multiple places. He's not a 100% owner. He's a partial owner, so he can invest in it. I, I hate the money talk. I hate the ownership talk and all that fun stuff, but we all overreact to the ownership thing. You think John yeah, – I mean, Red Sox fans are complaining about John Henry with Liverpool. Liverpool is one of the most valuable franchise, sports franchises in the world. Okay, I'm not saying Norwich City is that, and they're not. They're a fringe EPL and Premier League, you know, team. But it, it's not as big of an investment as you think it is. So I just want to kind of kill that narrative as it continues on and continues to pop up every single day. Uh, I'm going to play some Christian Yelich audio here in a moment, and then Greg Matzik's going to join us here as well. We're going to take a breather. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Corey, I see you on the line. I'll get to you after the break. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Side. Matt Sossler on the ones and twos hitting the songs for us, putting us in our feels tonight. I'm Dom Catronio, 855-616-1620. If you're staying up late with us, if you're commiserating with us, Greg Matzik has got a headset on. He's joining us here as well during this segment. You've been cutting up some audio. You've been in the clubhouse. We'll get to you in just a moment. But right now, I want to get to the phone lines. Corey has been waiting through the break in New Berlin. Corey, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. How's it going? It's going, man. How are you? Uh, a little disappointed, but really nothing unexpected. Sadly, been a Wisconsin sports fan since 19, probably 80, and it's just another disappointment after disappointment. Mm-hmm. Life is, it's just a fandom, man. You're going to lose more often than you win. You can't give up now, my friend. Oh, I'm not giving up, but, I mean, I've been a season ticket holder for Bucks, Brewers, whatever. They always fail. I, granted, the Bucks came through a couple of years ago, but the Brewers just constantly seem to not be able to get over the hump. Don't know what to do. Uh, Council's a great manager, but... He seems to have in September, lose it in October. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I appreciate the call, Corey. Thanks for your honesty here on the program. I mean, Greg, as we welcome you in here now on the program, you've been in this market a long time. You know the drill. You've seen this, you know, unfortunately for Brewers more often than most. And I think uh, getting swept, and a lot of folks are 
asking about counsel and his future and what's next, but it, this is the ominous doubt feeling that they are truly at a crossroads as an organization, that it's failed again. The future is still bright with the players they have, but you know, no one really knows what the next steps are going to be. It's really hard to square up the success they've had in the regular season. You should feel excited about that because I, I do believe this is a golden era of Brewers baseball, but it hasn't yielded postseason results for the division titles. Even squeaking in as a wild card, did we really think they were going to do much against the Dodgers a couple of years ago? I didn't, but I was interested in watching. I did feel confident in their ability to beat the Marlins, Cubs, or whoever came into American Family Field in this series. Uh, there have been opportunities missed. One game away from going to the World Series. You got the Game 7 here at American Family Field, then Miller Park. You can't get over the Dodgers' hump in that particular series. They have knocked on the door more than I think you would have imagined when the transition was made from Ron Renneke to Craig Council. Craig Council is, without question, the best manager in franchise history. I don't think the last couple of days were his best. It wasn't the team's best. I don't know if Arizona had their A game either, but they had enough. And unfortunately, it was uh, uh, some dumb luck, some unfortunate circumstances, not enough clutch play out of the Brewers and, I, yeah, I would say some questionable decisions. And Craig was asked about the idea of batting self-free, like a, a lefty against a lefty in a bases-loaded situation late in the game. And he said that was, a, that was a fair question. Yes, you know, I ultimately made up my mind. I went with Sal. Uh, Blake Perkins was the other option uh, he let us in on as Joey Weimer was on first base pinch running. So it, it, it did feel like more went the way of the Diamondbacks. Decisions are made in real time. Not everyone's going to work. It's a good season. Uh, but ultimately, they fell short of their goal, and there was nobody happy. There was nobody pleased inside that clubhouse. The pan- champagne was popping a, a week ago, and it was murmurs, zippers, and bro hugs on your way out tonight. It was a, a different feeling, to say the least. Just your instant gut reaction, since now it's, it is time to speculate and think about it. it. Was this Craig Council's last game as a Brewers manager, do you think? I think it was. I do. Um, although I'm not convinced he won't be with the organization ever again. But I do think his time as manager, in his mind, he's got to make that decision. And maybe this left a bad enough taste in his mouth where he feels like, you know what, we are so close. And I love each one of these guys on this team, which I know he does. And he talked about the connectivity in the clubhouse. He talked about younger players being leaders, appreciating what it is like to get to the postseason and that feeling. Everybody loves and respects Craig Council. We'll hear Christian Yelich's comments. But if you're asking me gut feeling, this is not a feeling that I've arrived at today. This is something I've been thinking about all season. My gut feeling says tonight was his last managerial performance in a Brewers uniform. My gut says the same thing. I think um, there's a lot of options in front of him. Obviously, the Mets are always going to be a rumor. Any other team might be a rumor. But see, I say that thinking to myself, he's not going to manage next year. I, I still think he's not going to manage next season I, I, I don't feel like he will. I feel like if he were going to manage next year, it would be here. But I think he wants that time with his family. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, it's not to say he's done forever. But I don't think he is going to manage it all next year. Yeah, I, I, and we can sit here and keep guessing until the cows come home. But at the end of the day, it, it's Craig Council's decision. Uh, trust me, from conversations I've had with Mark Adonacio and with Matt Arnold about Craig Council... Unequivocally, they want him. Unequivocally. 100%. And 
the behind-the-scenes stuff, sources have told me, trust me, they have made it clear they want him, if you get what I'm saying, with a dollar bill. So it's, it's Craig. I mean, it's, he has done everything, everything in this, in this amazing sport except win a World Series as a manager. He's got two of the rings. Obviously, he was in Florida last week getting to see some old friends and seeing some old photos. I think the bad taste is a good take, but I I think that if it hasn't happened by now, will it ever? Has to be crossing his mind right now. Possibly. This is four first-round exits Mm -hmm. in their last four opportunities in the postseason. Some teams have been better than others. This team was better than the team that you know, squeaked into the postseason, COVID year, all that kind of stuff. thought the team in 2018 was pretty special. Uh, and they, of course, were one win away from making it to the World Series. That was an incredible team, an incredible series, uh, and a really fun run. He has presided over some amazing teams here and some teams that you didn't have a lot of expectations for going into the season. I think that's part of Craig's brilliance is that he was able to do a lot uh, without the biggest payroll. Uh, with a a general manager and an ownership group that were committed to making moves at the trade deadline. Uh, I wouldn't say big splash is often a term you'd use when it comes to the Milwaukee Brewers, but they made effective signings. I thought the trade deadline was a solid trade deadline this year. Most of the moves worked. Andrew Chafin didn't. He wasn't on the postseason roster for a reason. They own up to their mistakes. I think they're, they're open about that. The problem is... Mistakes in Milwaukee are different than mistakes in New York and Chicago because they'll write the check the next year and just do the same thing. They'll find it again. Find, right. find another player. Write the check. It, it's a little trickier here in Milwaukee. I, I totally understand that. Craig's an outstanding manager. He's earned the right to take his time in this decision, uh, and he'll settle on that with no deadline, at least no announced deadline. Yeah, he, it's, it's his timeline. It's his call. There won't be pressure on him. And we'll see what happens. I do want to hear a little bit from Yelich because you went down and got this. Here's what Christian Yelich had to say about Craig Council, his manager, and playing for him. i got to play it here. Get it loaded up here in just one second on WTMJ. Load her up. She's not playing. Give me one second. But in the meantime, let's get to the phone lines while I fix this. Uh, Let's get to uh, out to the phones. I believe it was Dale that I saw out there on the phones. He's on the road. Dale, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey. Hey, yeah, thanks for taking my call. I, I missed the uh, the game. I had to work, but uh, two points. Uh, first point, uh, my assessment is that Craig um, Council has a penchant to stay with the older older players, maybe believing that they can handle the pressure, what have you. Um, and so I think that's come back to bite him in a couple of instances uh, without naming any names. Earlier in the season you mentioned that. Uh, the second thing is, um, is he the manager for the future for all these young guys coming up? I'd really like to have you address that question for me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Thanks for calling in, Dale. I think we talked a little bit about it. We don't know his future. We don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and a texter actually asked this, too. If council goes, who would you be looking out for? Do you look for somebody in the organization or do you go outside? And I think a big domino that fell today was the fact that Bob Melvin was confirmed to return as manager in San Diego. Bob Melvin was Craig Council's mentor and the guy that he looks up to to figure out to become a manager one day. If Council leaves, do you go with a guy with big league managing experience? You know, I look at the other dugout. I'm sure Jeff Bannister is going to get a couple of looks uh, for the Diamondbacks bench coach as a, a manager again. Of course, led of the Rangers to a few postseason runs, some of the best years in Rangers history. 
Uh, I wonder about some of the guys like on the Astros staff. Joe Espada always seems to be passed over. And uh, Omar Lopez is certainly going to be a big league manager, in my opinion. He's their first base coach, last third base coach. There are guys that have never been a manager before that could certainly do it, but I wonder what the Brewers are going to think in that that regard. That's a good question. I haven't really given it much thought at this point. We'll have to let the dust settle a little bit. But it, it, to Dale's question about is he the right manager for this young group of guys, well, I think he saw it. I mean, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and when I talked to Sal Freelich, when I talked to Joey Weimer, just at points throughout the season, how they love playing for Craig. Don't you think it's interesting how every time the trade deadline happens and a player is brought in from the outside, knows nothing about the organization aside of playing against the organization? Mark Canna, Carlos Santana, the recent examples. And there have been several others. They all say the same thing. Man, it's so easy here. Guys made me feel great. Felt welcome from the start. In the starting lineup almost immediately. Every call-up. They don't sit and wait. Right? Right? That doesn't happen. This is all Craig's culture. He preaches it from the start. The connectedness. That is a huge deal for him. And that's part of the culture that he built. It is not a coincidence that people come in here and say, wow, it's a great spot to be. No, that's all the culture that is set by the manager. They want to play for him. They love playing for him. They appreciate him. They appreciate the leash. They appreciate they can make mistakes and still have an opportunity to play. He's a manager, man. He is one of the best managers, and he is without question the best manager in franchise history. I agree entirely. Let's hear from Craig, or rather from Christian Yelich, his thoughts on the manager, Craig Council. Here's what he had to say. I mean, he's been a huge part of why this place is the way it is now. You know, um, I think I've spoke on it before the playoffs started, but I think you don't. You don't ever want to lose sight on, you know, what this team's been able to accomplish the last five or six years. We haven't been able to take it the whole way and, and win a championship, but being in a small market and being a consistent winner and having a, a good competitive team every year that um, is either in the playoffs or, or, you know, we've missed it by one game last year, um, it's tough to do. And, and he's a huge reason why this place is, is like that now, and he's built a great culture here. and. Um, you know, I love playing for him. I hope I hope that continues, and um, you know I think he's earned the right to take some time and make a decision for himself and his family. But yeah, man, I, I love him. I think I think he's an unbelievable manager, and uh, he's done a great job. I mean, that's from the the leader of the team, the guy that's going to be here for the rest of his career. You would think. It's giving the vote of confidence, as we know, but I, I know you had a chance to catch up with with Yelly down there as well for a little bit. You know, not necessarily on the microphone. What did you take away from the conversation? Yeah, I, you know, we were talking about just some of the instances here at the park and how it's you know game of inches and we hit missiles and it finds a glove and in an instance where it doesn't find a glove, Josh Donaldson sort of hung in no man's land between first and second base. So we talked about some of the dumb luck of this series uh, because Christian has seen sort of everything in in his playoff tenure playing for the Milwaukee Brewers from 2018 up until now. Uh, And I I also asked him about just, you know, do you feel it? Like when a guy gets booed, if you get booed off the field, like do do you feel that? Does that set in? And he said, you know what? You just got to be careful what you wish for, Mm. right? He's like, look at all the teams that aren't playing right now. Look at all the teams that are going to go through wholesale, big-time changes. We're not sure what's happening with our manager next year. I hope Craig is back, but like, just be careful what you wish for. Amen to that. I mean, shoot. I mean, just kind of peeling back the curtain here. For folks who don't know, Dad works for the Oakland A's. Grew up a fan of the A's. 
I've seen some lean years, and they're going through it right now, man. I'm watching it from afar from my dad right now, living through him, and he kind of living through vicariously through me, watching a playoff team again because he doesn't know when he's going to see another playoff team. He doesn't know when he's going to see a, a modern stadium at a home ballpark, right? And I know Oakland has been a comparison as a threat by Rob Manfred to this place and what could happen, all this, you know, this stuff with the stadium. I, I look at them, and I look at teams that just, like, rudderless teams, the Angels, the the Rockies, just, it's it's not a guarantee to have success in baseball, but the fact that the Brewers have put together a model that they've put together these last six years or so, that they feel they're more likely to get into the postseason than fail, the fact that they've only failed once. 2020 was weird, but they still technically made the postseason on a team that probably shouldn't have been in the postseason, but... Uh, that's a great way to look at it. Be careful what you wish for because this is, as a few callers have said, the golden era of Brewers baseball. It's just a shame that sometimes you don't get the ring. Sometimes you don't get that crown, even a pennant for that matter. I think that's all the real people just want a pennant, not even the ring at that point. Of course you want the ring, but they just want to say they got there. Yeah, and I think Matt Arnold is always going to have his work cut out for him being in Milwaukee, but I don't think... I don't think there are many general managers better suited to handle what Milwaukee is in Major League Baseball than Matt Arnold, given that he came from the Rays. And the years they were qualifying for the postseason and were better than the Yankees in the standings, they had the lowest payroll at $43 million, which is crazy. 18,000 people in a playoff game in Tampa. Yes, just insane what he had to work with, but he is so well suited to handle a smaller market franchise. I think he did prove that again this year. But he's never had to make a managerial hire. He might have to next year, and that will certainly be a, a, a big-time move for him. It will be massive. Uh, any parting thoughts? Is uh, I'll let you go. I know you got some other raps to do and things to get out of here and family to go see. But parting thoughts as uh, we're winding down on our show, and I just want to say thanks for covering for me throughout the season. Yeah, as man. Well. No, I, a couple different things. Number one, just being in the locker room, shaking the hands of the guys, uh, who will likely see sometime in, in February, wondering if it's the last time I'll see that person in a Brewer's uniform. Uh, Corbin Burns comes to mind. I think his future is still a, a big question mark. Has he moved in the offseason? Trade deadline? Who knows? I don't think he knows, right? This is going to be a very interesting offseason. As Craig might say, the soup is going to taste different next year. Mm. Uh, how many different ingredients, I think, is, uh, is, is a big-time question. But there should be no lack of optimism for this team going into next year, given what you saw. This was, not, this was not six months of growing pains for all the rookies. This was not six months of, well, two years from now, this is going to look pretty good. No, they hit the ground running, and the league punched back, and the rookies punched back at the league a little bit. That was really cool to see. Joey Weimer was here before he should have been here. 100%. But he gutted through it, and Craig understood the value of playing him. And he made a playoff roster. I think that's pretty impressive. And to do what they did, win 92 games in a division that wasn't as garbage as anybody has thought. Cubs were in it to the end. The Reds were in it up until the final few games of the regular season. I don't think anybody thought three from the NL Central would be in the mix to be playoff teams in April, May, or even June. But that was the case in September. So no reason to not be optimistic about this team going into next season. The other part is this. WTMJ listeners... You should feel absolutely honored and privileged to have Dom as the host of the show. Oh, thank you. Because you do an absolutely incredible job. Matt Pauly did a great job. Others have done a great job. You, I think, have done an unbelievable job. Your knowledge of the game, your passion for the game, your understanding of the game, 
what you watch for, how you articulate what you watch for each and every night in this program, I, I think it's been a, a, a true blessing to Brewers fans. You, you break down the game in a way that very few can. Um, and I know your future is so incredibly bright. It's so much a luxury to have you in this position. Uh, and I hope we get to keep you for a long, long time here, too, <laughs> because you do an incredible job. And it was my honor and privilege to fill in my, my only... You know, takeaway out of that is like, man, like I hope I can bring what Dom brings to the show when I host it on every Tuesday night uh, or most Tuesdays. We want to thank Bob Brainerd as well, but you, my friend, are so gifted. So, been a privilege, privilege to have you on, on the air doing the show. You stuck your neck out for me to bring me in in the middle of the year last season. You know, it could have been very easy to say, "Oh, I'll take over and we'll figure it out in the off season." He said, "No, we want Dom, and uh, I'm forever indebted. Thank you for that." And trust me, I would love to be back, but we both know there's. Always someone calling, and we don't know what the future holds for me, but uh, I love this job. I love talking baseball. I love the fans, even the ones I blocked on Twitter. Because uh, like I said earlier, we don't have this job. We don't have this incredible platform and credentials and microphones without fans. And I, as I told you from day one, the show is for the fans. The show is not about showing off how smart you are, which – I never want to be the guy to talk down, but I just try to educate. That's always been my goal. One of my favorite coaches I ever had in Little League Baseball always said, every practice, we have three goals. Okay, Number one, we're going to learn something new. Okay, We're going to learn. We're going to learn something new in order to better our skill set. Number two, we're going to get better. Right? We're going to do something to get better at something. Maybe it's something you already know how to do. And number three, we're going to have fun. And I try to bring those three pillars into every single show, broadcast, game, podcast, whatever it is that I do. And I just hope it comes across. I hope people know how much I love this this stupid, silly, heartbreaking game. And I just love talking baseball. I love talking sports, but baseball is my forte. Don't get me started on golf and the Ryder Cup. But uh, baseball, I've born in this game. I've grown up in this game. I've been in the clubhouse since I was four years old. I've shagged big league fly balls since I was seven. I have seen things I should not have seen. I have heard things I should not have heard. But I take all of that and try to create a, a fun product. And thanks to guys like you who let me have this platform uh, to talk to Brewers fans all season long. Thank you. And uh, thanks for the assist all season long. Get some rest, man. You got Packers coverage coming up. <laughs> hey, man, this is all, the train keeps moving down the track. Before you know it, we'll be talking about spring training and you know spending uh, some time in Arizona talking about the next version of the Milwaukee Brewers. So I do look forward to that. And uh, always sad to sign off. It always feels very abrupt, but uh, there will be no shortage of storylines, I think, going into the offseason and some excitement building going into next season. That's just the cycle. It's how it always going to work. Always going to work. Greg Matzik here on WTMJ. Got plenty more Packers stuff coming up with you. You can hear him on Wisconsin's afternoon news as well. Greg, thank you as always. Go Great home. Man. I got a few more calls, a few more texts to get to, and then uh, I'll tell be my, sure. Yeah, tell him I said hello. Yeah, absolutely. You'll be calling in here shortly. Take a breather. I see a couple phone calls sitting there as well. Dell and Colin, I'm going to get to you in just a little bit. Stay with us. This is WTMJ. Good song. Good song. Good song. Good song. Quick little story about this song. Welcome back. Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers fall. Season's over. We are all sad. It is what it is. Uh, So Lights is obviously a great song and used in other broadcasts as well. And when I started my broadcasting career in college, I spent two summers in the uh, prestigious Cape Cod Baseball League out on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, uh, working for the Chatham Anglers. 
and Lights was our final song of the night. Now, that's not our final song tonight, but the reason I bring it up is because I became fast friends with plenty of guys on that team, plenty of whom have become big leaguers, and one of my good friends from that team uh, was the guy that was on the other starting mound tonight, Zach Gallen. <laughs> I got a chance to catch up with him yesterday. Um, it's really cool to see this baseball journey for me, and it just kind of all came back in at once there. So former Chatham A's, him uh, being on the mound, myself here in the booth, uh, we're Chatham A's in a lot of places. Uh, there are some very famous ones uh, in baseball. Yeah, just fun, fun little thing for. Uh, obviously, I, I told him, you know, it's kind of like the uh, the meme from The Last Dance of Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, where he Michael Jordan uses some expletives, which shocker around him and Larry Bird. Uh, you blank bleep you, you know, that, with smiles on their face, of course. Uh, I've sent that a couple of times to to Zach Gallen this season, <laughs> so I uh, hope you got a kick out of it. And uh, I know Brewers fans are disappointed tonight, but hey, man, he. Uh, Brewers know what good pitching looks like, and uh, I know there were a few moments that the Brewers' offense failed, but that was certainly some uh, impressive stuff from him. Let me get to another call here. Uh, Kyle in Queens, you are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, Dom. How you doing, my friend? Man, that was so tough. That was, I don't know if that's crazy or else get a life. That was my 39th Brewer game I've been to between New York, Chicago, uh, Milwaukee. So my parents are still in Milwaukee and flew in all the way for these two games. But oh well, that's stuff out of your control. What are you going to do, my friend? Uh, first thing, you know, thank you for a great season. I've listened to you every single game. So technically, 164 games this year. You've been a great voice. Um, really appreciate you on the show and um, uh, a lot of good memories. This has been a, a really fun year, and thank you for making it a great year, Dom. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. Of course. Um, just two quick things. You know, like you said, you're an Oakland A's fan growing up. I'm a Brewer fan that lives in lives in New York. In, in small market, the Brewers are an amazing, successful team. You look at the Reds, Pirates, Rockies. Royals are the only outlier who's won a World Series eight years ago and has not made the playoffs since. And the A's, like as Stern said, you you try to put the best roster, you have a good lineup, and you just get as many bites of the apple as you can. And there's so many outliers that happen in the playoffs that the more chances you have, um, the more opportunities you get. So, like, in small market, they're one of the more successful franchises, them and the Rays. You make a big contract, you do something that's going to step you back one or two years instead of if you're a Yankees, Cubs. Red Sox, you can just eat that contract and push it away. Um, now, sometimes when you have a bad series like this, I think of when the Bucks lost to the Heat earlier this year. There are going to be drastic changes that happen, whether with council or with the roster. Things are going to change, which is good. You know, of course, we're happy we made the playoffs, but we want to win. We want to do more. In your opinion. Who are the untradeables on this roster? And who are guys like maybe a Corbin or Woody or other guys like, all right, are these nice guys? Are these good clubhouse guys? Are guys like Adamus? Yeah. But we need to assess. We need to 
try to make a big push, go uh, an all-in dice move similar as going with CC Sabathia. So just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts there on if you were Matt Arnold or GM, what would you do with this franchise? As I said, Dom, thank you so, so much for a great season. And uh, I'll be there, uh, was it March 28th, 2024, against the Mets opening day? Yeah, in your backyard. Yeah, I'll be there. That's uh, that's only a 20-minute train ride from my apartment. So Fantastic. thanks again, Dom. I'll talk to you again in 2024. Thanks for listening all year, Kyle. Thank you. On the trade front, I, I firmly believe – I mean, the fact that only Jackson Chorio comes to mind kind of tells you how where this team is at right now, untradeable-wise. Jackson Chorio is number one untouchable. Um, I think William Contreras is untouchable, but that goes without saying uh, because he's under team control for a long time. He'll be a Super 2, but he's going to be here for a while. Um yeah, I, this is really the only guys that immediately come to mind. Now, just because a guy isn't untradeable or untouchable doesn't mean that they would rather not move him. And I, that's what I think of when I think of South Freelick and Garrett Mitchell. Um, I also think of that way with Hefferson Caro, who's a top prospect catcher in the Brewers org right now. Because obviously, maybe you can get something really, really good for Caro, given you've got Contreras in the fold right now. But... Um, Devin Williams would be my only other big league player that is untouchable, in my opinion. Uh, even in a transition year, if next year is going to be one, um, there is still enough to be excited about with Churio coming, a, a healthy Yelich, Contreras developing. Contreras is 25 years old. Terrain getting stronger. He's still so young. Uh, Tyler Black being a factor coming out of spring training. A healthy Garrett Mitchell. Maybe a little more seasoning for Joey Weimer will be really helpful for him. Jacob Mizorowski being on the way, Robert Gasser being on the way, a healthy Aaron Ashby. This team's going to be even younger next season when you think about it. So it is going to be a transition year, and we talk a lot about the rookies this year. Piguero still was a rookie this year. Uribe was a rookie this year. Piomps threw more innings than he's ever thrown before, and he's back next year. There's a lot to like. i tell you one guy I would extend right now, though. That's Hobie Milner. Man, your favorite reliever's favorite reliever. He, uh, another... Great outing today. He got the five outs he was asked to get. Uh, Milner, though, isn't a free agent until 2026 at the soonest. So uh, maybe you lock him up, get him under a uh, extension uh, moving forward for the future. The Brewers, it's, it's, it's an interesting spot right now to figure out what they're going to do next because, as we said, there's a doubt about Council. I think Matt Arnold's going to stay. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Um, the coaching staff could be different. Chris Hook's been here for a long time. He's been through the organization. Yeah, it's it, it's a weird feeling to to not know what's going to happen for the Brewers. I got a million texts I got to catch up on. Uh, this one from Cameron in Milwaukee. How many here is going to do the same thing? We hear how good the pitch, good how good the pitching is. How good our young players will be. What do we have to show for it? I agree. Uh, take an example from the Bucks and shake things up. Well. They got the best player in the world, and quite frankly, from what I've heard from scouts, one of the best players in the world could be on the way, and that's Jackson Trurio next year. Why would Garrett Mitchell come back and not be placed on a roster? He's a winner. I agree. I think I would have put Garrett Mitchell on the roster. Wendy from Germantown was at the game tonight. No fire in the team. Hardly a spark. I think the spark just never got the chance. There was a spark. It just never ignited. You know, It just never caught fire, never caught the kindling. They gave plenty of kindling. They loaded up the fire, but it turned out it was a little damp. 
You know, you couldn't get the fire started. They just never got things going. Uh, and today, of course, we know how things went with the runners in scoring position. Bill and Racine, uh, the way they treated Burns in arbitration this year, he's gone. I think they're going to trade him. Uh, and quite frankly, his value kind of went down a little bit after the performance yesterday. But I still think Burns is a great pitcher. And he's going to be very, very good for a long time. In my opinion, he hasn't missed a start since his COVID stint in 2021. And even that, he was asymptomatic. So he really hasn't missed a start since he joined the starting rotation in 2020. Um, and he also asked, where did the Brewers' 240 batting average ended up on the season-end list? I can pull that up for you uh, right now. Their team batting average, by the way, league average was 248. Their team batting average was 240, which was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th worst uh, and the worst of any playoff team. But then I counter that with their on-base percentage, which was just about league average. 319 league average was 320. Uh, this one from Jeremy and Shawno, who plays first base and third base next year. Can we retain Cannon Santana? I don't know if you're going to retain either one of them, especially Canna, because you're so crowded in the outfield with Churio coming, with uh, Mitchell being healthy, Freelich being healthy, Yelich being around. I don't know if you have room for Canna. Uh, Santana, I don't know. I'd love to have him back, but I don't know for sure. He'll be 37 years old. Uh, they would be the biggest threat in the division. They have a turn. I don't disagree. I think veteran leadership is always good to have on the team. Uh, this one, I feel like all the downhill postseason started with Contreras catching for Burns. All season, it was Caratini. He felt like it threw the whole vibe off. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. The reason why is because they wanted the DH canna, and you answered your own question in the text there. They wanted the DH canna. They wanted to keep him in the lineup. Brian, appreciate the compliment here on the text. Who says after this showing that the stadium does gets fixed or the crew stays? Huge fan, but you never know. Thanks for the great show all year. Thanks for texting in there, Brian. People complaining about Josh Donaldson. Who else is going to play third base? Monasterio, pass, and I think Monasterio having a tough at-bat there kind of showed the second half kind of really slowed down for him. A heck of a story, really fun to watch, but the law of averages, right, all comes down. Ricky in Honey Creek, uh, you know, all the offense, all the runs came in the first two innings, gave our best to the pitchers with a lack of quality pitching. How many times we loaded the bases with no outs, same old, same old, same old uh, of stuff we have seen all year long. Uh, this one made me really laugh. Lou from West Allis. Also, tell the guys because you still play rec softball doesn't make you Billy Bean. That really, really made me laugh. Uh, Jesse Winker, tough. I agree. This was an elimination game, so why not get Wade Miley up? Why pitch Uribe again? I agree. I would have gone with McGill there, but it is what it is. Uh, a lot more text here. I'm not going to be able to get to all of you, but I really do appreciate every single one of you for texting in and joining us here on the show tonight. Brewers fall uh, 5-2. to two. I'm going to take our last break of the season. And uh, we'll wrap up the program with some thank yous after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Closing time. Got to play it out, right? Tough. Ended sooner than we all imagined. Uh, I get emotional sometimes. So I'm going to try to hold back because I love this job, man. I really do. Uh, Greg Matzik and I talked about it a moment ago, but uh, I, I love this job. I'm grateful for all you participated. I wish I could have got to all of you on the text line. I see all of it. I see it. I, I'm sorry I couldn't get to every one of you because uh, you made it uh, so much fun to cover this team all season long. 
Let me get to some thank yous. Uh, starting here at WTMJ, you heard me say thank you to Greg Matzik a moment ago. Uh, some of the people behind the scenes that you don't hear from today, our producer Matt Sossler handling all the phone calls. Uh, Evan Wittallison on the weekends, Isaac Marquart some mornings, Tommy Wirtz, uh, Sam Butson. Everybody has been so helpful all year long on the producing side of things. I cannot do the show without all the producers, as somebody who has sat in that chair before. Uh, it is a thankless job, and I just want to make sure that you all are thanked as well. Uh, mentioned Greg, Michael Spaulding, a name that you may not know. Mike's been a huge help. Uh, for everything in a interesting year for him here at WTMJ. Some of our bosses at WTMJ, Tiff Pua, uh, Emily Dillinger, thank you for everything that you two have done for me. Uh, and the emeritus, the man in, in, at the top, the two guys, Steve Wexler and uh, Craig Karmazin, thank you for everything and trusting me in this role uh, with the Brewers flagship because uh, I do not take it lightly. So thank you to you guys. Thank you to the Brewers organization, Tyler Barnes, Ken Spindler, you guys, uh, you know you, you you know who covers you. You know who's around the team at all times. I say hello to you guys and thank you again for your uh, access and your ability to let us do the job that we do. So thank you to you two. Uh, on the broadcasting side of things, of course, Kent Summerfield, the engineer for Brewers Radio for a long time. He is the best, and I'm using one of his headsets right now. Media relations side, Mike Vasallo, Andrew Grumman, Luke Henney, J.J. Mahalski. Thank you, thank you, thank you, you guys. You make our jobs easier. You give us info. You help us have access to the players and the coaches who are my next thank yous, the players and coaches. You guys spare so much of your time. I've been in a lot of clubhouses, and you guys are so media-friendly. Uh, you guys have no idea. So thank you to all the guys that have been willing to have a microphone in front of their face all season long. To the uh, writing press that cover the season with us as well, and have been appearances on the show throughout the year. Adam McAlvey, Todd Rosiak, Kurt Hogue, Tim Stebbins, J.R. Radcliffe, Steve McGargy, and plenty, plenty others. Uh, you guys are awesome and great company to have along the baseball season. Uh, even to everybody else in markets around the uh, Brewers Radio Network and even competitors because, honestly, I love talking ball with all of you. I talk to plenty of folks here at the ballpark every day, and uh, talking ball is my favorite job and occupation. Uh, and finally, uh, my thanks to Josh Maurer, Lane Grindle, Jeff Levering, and the one, the only, Bob Uecker. Um, I become a better broadcaster every day by listening to you four guys, and it's the gold standard. And I encourage Brewers fans, if you got the MLB app, just go ahead and listen to some other teams, and you realize how good you have it here. Not only are they four world-class broadcasters, they are four world-class human beings. And I'm so grateful to call them all friends and mentors. Um, it's been awesome awesome getting to know them even better in my three years now living here in Milwaukee. Uh, and finally, I just want to thank my family because they listen as much as they can. And my dad, especially it's been uh, a fun year. It's been a really, really fun year. Obviously it's ending sooner than we wanted. And quite frankly, I've learned so much this year and I can't wait to learn even more in the future. So if you'll have me back next season, I would love to be back. And finally, thank you to you, Brewers fans, all season long. You've been amazing. Uh, your your fan base is so passionate, and it's really, really fun to watch. Here it is. Here's to you, kid. We go to spring training. 
2024. As I sign off of every single show, my name is Dominic Catronio. I'll say it one more time. Until next time, keep on swinging.